This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Hello and welcome to the final Homesdale Radio live show before Christmas. My name is Chris Hambling and I will be attempting to guide you through the murky waters of another defeat, this time against table-topping Chelsea. A spirited and organised Palace side contained their opponents well, but another defensive lapse gave Chelsea's Diego Costa a simple header just before half-time to make it 1-0. Despite a lot of effort, Palace were unable to create anything meaningful to get back into the game. A fair few of the frustrated Palace support vented their feelings on the day, and you can vent yours too. Go to holradio.net forward slash contact to get in touch with using our Twitter at holradio and the chat room, holradio.net forward slash chat, offering you the most direct ways to do so. We'll be reviewing some key talking points after this short message. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Right, just to introduce my panel this evening, we have Mr. Dior Kernes. Hello. Hello. It's another hello, different hello. Later on, we've got a quiz where Dior will be treating you to another voice that he does. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Mr. Nick Philbot. Good evening, everybody, and come and join me in the chat room on wholeradio.net forward slash chat. I like the way you slurred the words evening and everybody together there. That was Wrong. Extremely impressive. Wrong. All right. <laughs> and we've also got live from New York, Mr. Patrick O'Connor. Good afternoon, folks. Hello. Hello. Uh, I think that's about it. We've got uh, Sam and Tom producing. Hello to them as well. Uh, Tom has been clicking lots of buttons in pre-show. Um, and it's DR doesn't know which one of us is real and which of us are recording <laughs> anymore. So it's, uh, it's caused some interesting problems. Um, I want to start, I, want to, uh, I don't want to monologue too long, but I just want to make a, a quick point ahead of the show. It, I've, I've found it difficult of late because every show, you know, we're, we're using it just as you, you guys are listening and contributing to, to kind of vent the frustrations about, you know, the, the, the poor run of results. And it's been a long, long run of poor results with very little respite. And, but what I noticed uh, the weekend was... Um, Steve Parrish came into, into a lot of criticism for his program notes where he talked a lot about uh, togetherness and positivity and all that kind of stuff. And 
you know, it kind of got me thinking because he was, you know, people were sort of rubbishing it and saying, sort of treating like it was meaningless. But it, it isn't meaningless. I think if you kind of set aside the frustration at the moment, we're we're only where we are through, you know, through leadership, togetherness, positivity, all those things. What what he's saying is absolutely right. You know, we, we are. A, we are strong. I hate to use the word "stronger together" because it just reminds me of the, um, you know, the Brexit debate or the, uh, <laughs> the Scotland trying to uh, break away and all that kind of stuff. But but I genuinely believe that that Palace would be nowhere near where they are if we hadn't pulled together through the adversity that we suffered. And you can understand why, particularly why someone like Steve Parish would be saying that because he knows that he knows that the. You know, we got out of the championship without spending huge sums of money. We got there through strength of character and, and, and pulling together. And he, he wants to see that happen again, you know. And you would in his position too. And, and all of us should really want that. So I don't want us to be, you know, in a position where we're feeding negativity with negativity. I want us to be positive. I want to start every show talking about you know, a great performance and a fantastic win. We can't do that at the moment. And, and a, a lot of people, and I've said it myself, feel that, you know, the, the manager is, is not going to turn this around. But that, that doesn't mean that we have to be you know, overly negative and overly um, critical in every single show. So I think it's important to note that, I mean, certainly today, I, I want to make a point that we did pretty well against Chelsea. Um, you know, so that that's where I'm coming from anyway. So, and I want to start there. I want to talk about the selection. We, I, I did the preview podcast in um, in midweek um, where we did a review of the Man United game and the preview podcast together. Um, if you didn't hear it, it was, it was quite a good show. I enjoyed it. Um, but we talked about what we wanted to see in the lineup, and, and Pardew pretty much did exactly what I'd, I'd like to have seen. If Flamini was fit, um, I'd like to have seen him start in place of Ledley. But, you know, Punchin came in but didn't take a, a spot in the centre. He went out to the wing. Um, you know, Ledley came in, and then it was, it was Lee and, uh, um, and Flamini out. So for me, it was a, it was a return to the usual system, and it was the right thing to do. And we set up in a way that I, I even I talked about during the course of the middle of the week. We set up with effectively a defensive compact six, and we said to Chelsea, "Come on, you've got to try and break us down." And for the majority of the game, we did a really, really good job against a team that are flying. That was their eleventh win in a row. They are very tough to beat, very difficult to score against. And, you know, I, I think, you know, and I'm going to start here, I'll get your opinions, guys. I think the manager and the coaching team deserve praise for the way we set up against Chelsea. And if you think about it, had Punch and chucked away that, tucked away that early chance, we really, we could we could have been a, could have been a very different game. I'll start with you, Nick. Um, those, those are my views. <laughs> what are yours? Well, the, for the lineup point of view, I actually thought when I first saw it come out, whatever it was, an hour before kickoff, and I thought, well, do you know what, this is probably... For the, the squad that we've got available, barring injuries and suspensions and everything else, this was probably the right lineup. So fair play to Pardew. I mean, he's, he's coming for an awful lot of criticism recently. Um, I think it's I think it was absolutely the strongest lineup. You could argue maybe do we go start with a, a left back? Could could we have replaced Townsend with with Ledley? It, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I actually think this was the strongest lineup. Um, and after I saw Townsend's performance yesterday, I'm really pleased we did start with the team that we did we started with because he was totally ineffective when he did come on later on in the game. Um, yeah. I think I think for both the last two games, the Man United game and the Chelsea game, there's two ways of looking at it, Chris. They came on. I think they they put in two good performances. Question, however, were either of the team out of second gear? Could if Palace had gone. 2-0 up yesterday, 
could Chelsea have turned on, put, put it through to another uh, gear shift? I think the answer probably was yes. Yeah, but we did we did well until the goal, uh, the sloppy goal. That obviously, we're going to talk about later on. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it was the correct lineup, and I think, um, but I also think in hindsight, both teams could have stepped it up a gear and and taken us out had we put a couple of our chances away. No, absolutely right, Patrick. Uh, could get your opinion on this. Yeah, next on my thunder. Um, I'm absolutely 100% with him on the getting out of second gear. I thought both United and Chelsea never got a second gear against us. Having said that, though, I thought the lineup was, was fine yesterday. Um, like you guys said, I thought it was the best line we could have put out there. I want to give credit to Ward and Kelly. I thought they had a much better game than they had for the last three or four matches. They're coming around a bit, and I think Delaney and Dan, the goal aside, did quite well. Um, the midfield three, um, MacArthur runs his. Uh, Socks. Mm, socks off. Thank you. Socks <laughs> off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought goodbye did reasonably well yesterday. I thought punching really, you know, that chance could have changed the game for sure, Chris. I agree with you. That, that ball comes over from the right hand side. If he tucks that away, it's one nil. It's a different game. They've got to come at us. Um, so the lineup is, not, is no problem. i got to admit, after watching Fry's play, I know why he doesn't start. Yeah. I think he's out of shape. He really he struggles after five minutes on the pitch to really keep up. I think he's got a decent amount of skill, but I think the reason why he's not playing, he's not up to, he's not finishes right. So I've got no problem with him sticking with Kelly. We we have absolutely no other choices. And um putting Zaha back out wide was the best decision. Having him up front against Man United was was a joke and it was embarrassing. But so yesterday the lineup had no problem. But again, I, I really think that Chelsea could have stepped up if they chose to, they just didn't do it yesterday. Uh, I suppose, again, I, I'm not saying I necessarily disagree with you or Nick on that point, but um, I, I think I, I would rather... I look at it from the point of view of, of I think we did a good job on them tactically. I think, That's I fine. Think we, we, I think we restricted them in key areas of the pitch. I think Hazard is, is a, such a good player. But we, without kicking him into the ground, we monitored him pretty well. And he didn't have the kind of space to operate in that he's got against... Um, you know, teams in better form than us. So I, I do, I do believe it is. A, you know, personally, I believe it was a case that. Uh, that but but know. Chris, one thing before Dr. talks, um, don't you think when Fabregas came on yesterday, he changed the game, and he opened yeah, up more space. Did. So he, I think you know, they, if they'd had him from the start, for instance, it's a different game. But listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna again. I thought the lads did really well. It was a great effort yesterday. And I thought the manager did a fine job with the lineup. I just think that honestly, they could have stepped up a, a gear or two and really have taken it to us yesterday. I don't disagree, and and you you pointing out the change. That's exactly it. That's exactly right. They, but right. but again, that that serves to highlight another issue in the, the how we Sus. react to changes. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And what happens when we bring people off the bench versus what happens when other people do. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it was yeah. quite obvious that the sub when it was made to bring Fabregas on, he was told exactly which pockets to go and put himself Absolute. in. Yep, absolutely. And, and we didn't close those gaps. We don't know how to for some reason anymore. Uh, Dr. Uh, again, obviously, it's a general point tactically. You know, I'm being quite supportive of Pardew. Uh, Nick and, and Patrick sort of obviously pointing out that, that Chelsea weren't really at it and didn't need to be. Where do you sit on that? Yeah, there wasn't at the A game. Let's just say it like that. I think if there was, they could have done more damage. Yesterday with the lineup, I think that was the best lineup that we could put out there uh, because we lack we lack depth in our squads. Uh, tactically, we wasn't. It wasn't that bad. We the players the defense seemed more solid, but attacking uh, it was a little bit. Um, they done their homework, Chelsea. They made when Benteke had to keep pushing. He couldn't get into position where we wanted him to get, and he kept had to come in, and we couldn't use Benteke as well as we should have. So that's the only negative. But with the lineup and tactics, I think yes, it was it was all right. 
So uh, it was mentioned mentioned before that Kelly had a much better game. Do you think that's just a case of he's now had a couple of games in a row at right back and he's he's sort of kind of settling back in and it it, it you know and Ward seems to be settling in at left. Are you a bit happier with that over the last couple of games? Yeah, Kelly's been Kelly <laughs> Kelly's made everyone just eat their words basically in the last couple of games because everyone thought Kelly would do really horrific, but against United and against Chelsea, I think he's done decent. Um, when since he's played right back, but the only problem I'm having now is a little bit with Woody. I think he's kind of dropping his game at left back, so I don't think our problems are all over and done with. When we put Wood on left back, I think he's you can see that he's struggling, but Kelly's now doing fine, so it's we still need to go and buy a new fullback in January window. Uh, Patrick, yeah, I think that the uh, I think Kelly settled in more because one, he doesn't attack as much as he did before, and also I think that Zaha provides the protection that he needs at right back. So I think that's why um, Ward looks so good. I think Ward actually has been decent the last two matches. I'm not really going to criticise him, um, but I think he lacked protection. Uh, May night he only had really McCarthy in front of him. That's really McCarthy's real job to do that. So he definitely didn't attack as much, and even yesterday. He had punched it. I think punched did a fine job. But I think it really comes down to having that protection in front of them. Whether that player is makes them look better or look poorer. I think, actually, I really get I think I think Ward's been fine at left back. I think Kelly's definitely improved at right back. Even though he couldn't have done much worse, honestly. No, obviously. Um, i still still got to say that a left back is probably on the shopping list. for. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Okay, now that's fair enough. Um, I don't know. I, I sort of do. I do struggle, but... I suppose the last question when we're talking about squad and lineup is yet yet again on the bench. So we had we had a youngster in um, Norhusen who di- who didn't get on, but we also saw uh, again we we sort of mentioned it the substitutions and, and Townsend's got to be up for discussion in, in in this part of the show. What can we do with Townsend, Patrick? You know he he's clearly a better player than we're seeing. Uh, but is, the, but is the free, he? The free but, kick at the end. I mean, well, I've seen him play against us a lot better, so right. I, I feel he is. So, but I mean, the free kick at the end sums him up at the moment. It's everyone's quite, we've got a few forward reviews in saying nice conversion by Townsend or whatever. <laughs> it, it really was. It's. It's. I mean, that's a, not just missing a free kick. That's that's just last. It's our last opportunity in the game, and it's just. If you didn't know any better, you'd say that's him saying to Pardew, That's what I think of. That's what I think of you, mate. That's where I'm going to put our last chance to get back in this game. I'm sure that wasn't the case, but it's disturbing, isn't it, to see to see a, an England international lose form like this? It is, and and, I, and I'll go back to what I said when we originally got him. I wasn't overly happy with the with the choice. Again, you know, I'm a big Balassi fan, but I well, I was willing to give him a chance. And what I would say again. He he's a player that was on loan a lot in his and when he was young. He, he never started out at one club. His best spell was at Spurs, and then Spurs moved him on to Newcastle. And obviously Newcastle he did a great job, but they still got relegated last year. Chris, now did he have a good game against us? He had a great game. He scored that great free kick. But honestly, to me, and this is going to sound very harsh, he's a one-trick pony. He really is. He's a very direct player. He's left-footed, and he's a player that wants to do one thing: play on the right-hand side cut him his left foot either shoot and cross and he does that his whole career just watch his career and now with our manager who who will not play him on the side he wants to play on he's he's, he's having a little tantrum and it's ridiculous and it's upsetting as a, a support of a club to see a player who obviously has some talent and you just said it right he played well against us last year and it's showing that he's besides one or two matches on the season he's been absolutely horrible and getting worse by the minute to the fact where he had a player in Zeki Fries come in off the bench before him in a match I mean, that should never happen. That is got to be the low light of that man's career. 
not even getting on in front of Zeki Fryers. And I don't hate Fryers. I just obviously just a talent wise. The guy played for England. Again, England's the thing. I think England's because the way he plays is very direct. And he, people say he never played a bad game for England. It's true. He plays very well for England. But it's frustrating to see him. And then that free kick summed it up for me yesterday. It's like, you know what? I don't even care. Because, you know, a free kick like that, you're saying to yourself, if anything, just get it on target. You know, maybe yeah. Courtois fumbles it, maybe get a rebound, hits a crossbar, something where we can score. The man put the ball over the homestead. Yeah. Um, it, right? it, was, it was a homestead, right? It was a what? Yeah, no, it was, yeah. It was a homestead, yeah. I mean, it was, it's frustrating. And, and, and that sums it up for me, his, his 18 or so matches at Palace. It's been a real, it's been a disaster. One of the worst things we've ever, ever made. And it, it should never be that. I'll get your views as well, Nick, if I may. But uh, just before before I do that, I just want to say that what concerns me is this: we we it's well, according to the manager, it is it's a categoric fact that he are that he he's annoyed that he's not playing on the right. Okay, right, right. Because that, that's not because some of these things that we all start talking about, right? We all everyone goes, oh, so and so said this, and it finds out it's just there's no proof that they ever said that, you know, we all start talking like something's fact and it isn't fact, but it is, as far as I'm a, I recall, it is fact that Alan Pardew said in a, in a press conference or in, in an article that Townsend had said he wants to play on the right, doesn't want to play on the left. Okay. So, but we know why that is. And as you say, Patrick, it's because he likes to cut in from the right hand side and shoot with his left foot. He wants the right. goal. That's what he's about. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. So for, for me, you're, you're playing in a team. It's a team sport, okay? If the team needs you as, as a wide player to play on the left and you're naturally left-footed, are you telling me you can't adapt your game to instead of shoot and get the glory yourself, which you can do every now and then if you want to cut in or whatever, or you can even take a left-foot shot from the left side if you like. You don't have to always have to cut in. Exactly. But if you can't If you can't develop your game to be the supplier of decent crosses to a striker or decent cutbacks to an on-rushing midfielder. If you can't or aren't willing to adapt your game, then, you know, then, then what are you? What are you worth? You're worth nothing to us. And I've got, I, I'd really like to believe the best about people. And I've got to believe that this is a, a, an issue of form and perhaps not quite settling in as he should. But at the moment, you know, I'm struggling to, to I've, well, I've run out of excuses for him. Nick, what's your view on Townsend? <sighs> My the bottom line is, and this is going to be a bit, little bit controversial. I think he's gone. I actually think he's gone. I think that uh, spat with Pardew with reference to playing on the right. I reckon, and you heard it here first. first I reckon January window he's actually gone. Uh, I looked at the I looked at the bench and I thought to myself, well, do you know what? Uh, had they brought on any of the other subs over Townsend, I wouldn't have been too impressed. But in hindsight, okay, right. you you could have played Lee. Lee could have had a, a better go that free kick. Even Jordan Much would have given us something. And somebody actually said, so Adi said in the chat room, he, uh, Townsend's confidence has gone. Well, there's a reason why Townsend's confidence has gone and everybody else's has gone. And that's got to be from above, okay? Uh, Adi actually said, uh, that free kick, look at it again, should have passed to the, to the left. Two Palace players free, but he went for glory, okay? And he did. And he, and, he Adi, and, and, and my honest opinion is, He's now playing out time, and that's why he's being benched as well. And I think Pardew feel, probably feels the same way. I think he's going to go. Yeah, well, well, it wouldn't be that much of a shock at the moment. Dio, are you uh, are you in the sort of camp of he's not good enough, or that he's just simply not playing well enough? I think he's just not playing well enough. I think he's just out of form, just like Kelly is. 
when Kelly is Kelly can show has shown that he's a decent player at Liverpool he just had injury problems so I think he's just out of form and it's very difficult because every game we'll put him in where we're losing and we're struggling most of the time so it does get really difficult for him I think we need to give him more time I don't think he's going to go in January because if he goes in January that'll be really stupid of of, of our board to do something like that because we're lacking depth so when we're lacking depth we shouldn't sell players we should invest to buy players so I think if he goes then I don't know who else could be our potential creative player other than Will from Punchin yeah <laughs> see exactly <laughs> see <laughs> that's my point you two but, can argue about Sigurdsson another time <laughs> but I just think it's, he's just off form sooner rather than later I think he'll come back to what he can do and show us on the pitch. So every every time I um every time I see uh, Demario Gray play for for Leicester, he comes comes off the bench. He was someone we had targeted. But every time I yep. see him, I just think that was the player. If only, yeah. Yeah, that that guy would have been absolutely spot on for us. But with that, he's Demario Gray is more hungry. Look at his age, and he he, he wants to take his opportunity with 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 Townsend. I think there's problem. There's a big problem here that Pardew plays a part. But I don't think they get along as well. So with Demario Gray, Ranieri, he shows love to him, but I don't think uh, Pardew shows that much love to Townsend. Yeah, it's interesting. Again, um, you know, we talked before about Damien Delaney's sort of video interview, and he was talking about you know. <laughs> Pardew's man management be it being a positive and you know we've speculated on whether or not we believe that but um, <laughs> I know <laughs> you I know you that's why that's why I said that you know I can I can see it but you obviously you're not you're not uh, not too convinced there Patrick and but I say that's that's something that needs to happen with with Townsend you know you can get Townsend out of this situation if you manage him properly but um we'll just have to see if if that happens over the short term um we will come back to talking about um it's about it's about Pardew in general uh, in a little bit, although I don't really want to let the, let it dominate the show. But Navas got in touch and, and sort of talking about the, the sort of stats. And Pardew himself has talked about effectively trying to draw a line under the end of last season because last season was, you know, where we identified the problems that we're trying to solve this season. So Navas said basically, if you can call the the six wins in forty two games as an irrelevant cross season stat, how about one win in ten or eight defeats in ten games? Are those relevant stats? They are to me. I think they are to us all, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yep. They and, are, and, and that and that for me sums up the problem. And, and I, I said it yesterday. It, the Man United game, we actually weren't. We were, we had a reasonable performance there. Um, it was a frustration of the system first half really negating us. Um, that kind of spilled over a little bit. But in general, it was a half decent performance against Chelsea. I thought it was a good performance, but those two things. Are, are worthless in terms of points, but they're also worthless when you set up and play the way you do against Hull or against Burnley or against Swansea. When you when those are games that we absolutely should have won. It's not disrespectful to say that about those teams. We should have beaten those teams. You don't. I'm not saying we have a div, some divine right to do it, but with what we had available, we should have beaten them. In the in the game situations we saw, we should have managed them better and won those matches. So that it, you know. You don't, you know, a manager doesn't lose his job because he lost to Chelsea and Man United, but he damn well should lose his job if he continuously loses against teams he should be beating. Um, um, and yeah, we've had bad luck, somewhat, you know, here and there, but 
this the, the game against Southampton is just I so I really wish this isn't isn't the blip. I, reckon, I hope this is the corner turning moment, and everything else is the blip. Well, we've we've not really seen us kick on from that, have we? Definitely um, not. And Patrick, I know you're going to mention this, but we'll talk about the goal we conceded, uh, and, and then we'll talk about the the, the timing afterwards as well. Um, but actually, you know, I'll, I'll let you let start us off on on, on timing of when we're conceding goals. Yeah, Chris. I mean, I did a little research, and I'm concerned about this this lack of having concentration in goals. So I'll go back to Leicester, October 22nd. Musa scores a goal, 42nd minute. We go down one nil. Liverpool, Matip scores a goal, 44th minute. We go down three two. Burnley next match, Vogue scores in the second minute of the game. We go down one nil. Barnes scores 94th minute. We lose the game three two. Man City, Torre scores, 83rd minute. We lose two one. Swansea. Lorente scores 91st minute, 4-4, 93rd minute, 5-4, we lose. Hull, Livermore, 78th minute, all right, not so bad. Pogba, December 14th, 47th minute, we, we go down 1-0. Ibrahimovic scores 80th minute, we lose 2-1. And then yesterday, 43rd minute, Costa scores, we lose 1-0. Everyone knows goals, except for, again, the, um, the Livermore goal. We scored either the first five minutes of the, the first half, the last five minutes of the first half, or the last five or ten minutes of the second half. What is going on with our concentration? And I want to put some of that on the manager, but that's also the players on the field. But what is going on? We're, we're giving up goals at key times of the match. If you coach or you play, you know, you know, first 15 is important, last five, first 15 again, last five, important of any game you play. And we've consistently, in, the last, in this whole streak, given up games, goals in key moments. It doesn't make any sense. And it should have been, a, should have been um, looked at a long time ago. This started in October. We're now in December. Well, before I, I try and give an answer on that, I'd, I'd like to hear from, from, from the others. I don't know, DR, you got um, a view on, on why you think we're conceding these goals and struggling to concentrate at the times we are? It's, it's very hard to tell because it could just be a coincidence thing that we're just conceding in the last second, but it doesn't seem like a coincidence thing as we always concede in the last minute or for at the last minute of the game or the half or at the beginning of the game. So I'm not exactly too sure. I, I think it is something to be confident because we've won six and 42. The players know that. The league table shows how how bad we are. So I think it, it has something to do with confidence and there's nothing really you can do other than win games and boost your confidence or the manager boosts your confidence. So the best option right now is the manager to boost the confidence and clearly that's not happening. That's why we're considering in the minutes. Uh, Nick, your views as well. Where's Nick? Hello. I beg your pardon. I am here. I, I was on mute. On mute. Um, I actually agree with what Dr. just said. It's the confidence thing all round. Okay. Uh, I, the the other thing to bear in mind is whilst those stats are all correct, uh, Patrick, and you're right. Uh, we went through a patch where we were letting in stupid goals from from set pieces. Now that's something. We need to praise the manager for because we went through that period and it looks as though we've come out the other side. So uh, it's back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago where we're talking about game management on the pitch as well. Some of, the, some of those guys have, uh, have got to step up to the plate uh, and we've already uh, queried the on-field captain who, in my, in my opinion, should be Jimmy Mack if, if I'm viewed. View. No, honest with you, uh, but I mean they've got to step up because the manager can't do that. He can he can correct errors uh, like the uh, amount of errors from set pieces, but he can't correct you know falling asleep two minutes before uh, the the break before we go into half time. 
Nick, so, yes, mate. Can I just jump in? He did Push. name Dan. He named that player the manager. I mean, the captain. He could have chosen another player. He chose Dan for a reason. So you've got to give him a little bit of, of, of a blame for that. I mean, I, my understanding is Delaney wanted to be named captain. He was vice captain last year, and he wasn't, and he was very upset about that. So he had a chance to name Dan, uh, Delaney captain. He chose Dan, which is fine. But now we're, we're, we, as a fan, and a team are suffering for that because he's a great player. He's just not a captain. And I absolutely agree with that. Um, it's how we take it forward. Will Danby still be here in January is the question. Uh, and if he goes, will MacArthur follow him out the door? But the problem mm. is we need we need changes. We need action now, OK? Yes. And, and, if it, and if it's not going to happen through the leadership of Scott Dan on the pitch, and I love Scott Dan as a player. In fact, I think the captain has actually affected some of his, of his ability on the pitch. I think it's been weighing heavily in, on his shoulders. My opinion totally agree. Is, it, totally my agree. my opinion is he is a he's a more than a potential England player. He should be playing for England, but his recent performances, whilst they haven't been that poor, okay, the, the captaincy is definitely the captaincy has definitely weighed heavily on his shoulders. And if we need to make a change, well, somebody stand up with some balls and make that change and well, give it give it to somebody like Jimmy Mack. Well, Dio wants to jump in, so I'll let him do that before I urinate on all of your French fries. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so if you take captaincy out of Dan, do you think that's going to make the situation better? I think it'll make Dan, Dan's performances better, for sure. Yeah, I think but would and, and thus make us better. Yeah, I think it would make us better. I really do. I, I, think, I think that Dan's morale could go down and it could actually make it worse because if you make someone captain but you take it off them, then you clearly don't believe in them for that role. So I think Dan could get affected if we take the captaincy out. Like so he did Jedi last year. So, yeah. <laughs> like he did Jedi last year, the same thing, right? He took away from Jedi last year, didn't he? Yeah, no, uh, not officially. Did he? Well, I mean, I'm talking about during the he game. Just the match, he just, he he just didn't play him, did he? <laughs> right, exactly. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Confidence could get affected. So if we do that, then you're not going to make him captain again. You can't keep taking someone out of captaincy and make him captain every week. We, we need to think of the bigger picture. Is this yeah. actually going to help Dan? It, could, yeah, it won't help Dan. You're, you're absolutely... I actually 100% agree with DR. Yeah, have that. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? <laughs> Categorically, yeah. You, the, Whole radio you, exclusive. You, you, once you, once you pick a player... And look, Scott Dan's form has suffered, but I, I for one, do not believe it has anything to do with the captaincy. But more importantly, I don't... The, the captaincy especially at Palace, has never been about the one person wearing the armband. I think I think we're playing... that. You know, you're putting way too much significance on that. The team should be full of people who are leading. You know? It, it should be full of people who are who are talking. That is a bigger issue, right? Okay. But, it should, but I'm saying it should be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but what I'm saying is, Dior is spot on when he says, if you take the captaincy away from Dan, he doesn't go, oh, great, I'm no longer captain. He goes... That's really quite deeply offensive. Don't you know you've you've made me captain. You told me I'm the leader of this team. Now you've undermined me, and you know you don't get a confident, happy player off the back of that. And I actually genuinely don't think there is a out and out problem with his leadership. I think. Question, he's, Chris. Then what if he asks you to take away? What if he asks you to take away? Oh, if he asks, fantastic. Right. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Okay. That Fair that because that, that means he's he's saying I'm not comfortable with this. But I yes. I can tell you right, right now. There is no way that he, believe, he he's uncomfortable with it. And I, I can guarantee you as well, I think I think probably a lot of us would be surprised about how he comes across to the to the players. I don't think I think we get a little bit carried away sometimes as supporters. Um when you see a picture of say Damien Delaney screaming in the face of uh, 
Diego Costa from a yard away and thinking about, you know, that's what you want in a leader. You can lead in a variety of different ways. You think about some of the most successful captains in, in sports teams in general. They're not all screamers and shouters. Some inspire through doing. And, it, it, of course, you call it into question when, when a player is in bad form and he happens to be the captain. You know, but at the same time, you know, he, he wasn't captain last season during uh, our poor spells or anything like that, but he was certainly responsible for leading the, the sort of the defence out of some some pretty bad situations as well. Look, I, you know, it is what it is. It, I, I think I think you can get really carried away when a lot of things feel wrong and you're frustrated about pointing the finger at things that probably aren't really the issue. I think the real issue is, is exactly what DR was talking about in terms of confidence. We're conceding these goals because the anxiety is creeping in just before the, you know, just at the start of the game, there's anxiety just leading up to half time. Oh, we've nearly got in. We're nearly drawing at half time. The anxiety or we're winning at half time. The anxiety will freeze you. It will stop you in your tracks. If you let it, if you don't play, it stops you playing your natural game. It stops you thinking clearly or stick. More importantly, it stops you playing on instinct, which a lot of these footballers have to do. They really do have to play on, on their, on their instincts. And if anything interferes with that, you know, it, it, is, that's how you miss chances or stay sort of, or well, I say stay on your line, sort of get caught between staying on your line and coming for a cross, you know, that kind of stuff. That's that's what anxiety does. Um, Nick, you've got some stuff in the chat and then we're going to have a short uh, interlude. Yeah, Boo in the uh, chat room says he, uh, he, obviously talking about the manager, gave Dan the captaincy to stop him leaving. Booted and then came back and said, Dan looks the right appointment for the job at the time. And somebody else, uh, Andy A, who's clearly on drugs, said we need to make Jordan much our captain. <laughs> He's trying to make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, Thanks for the contact in the chat room. Yeah, cheers, guys. HOLradio.net forward slash chat. And obviously, you can get in touch with us by Twitter as well, at HOLradio. Uh, like Scott Barnes has saying that they did demote Jedi when he was on international duty, heard about it over social media. Which I didn't realise he was actually demoted. Uh -huh. I didn't think, yes, I didn't that, think that that was the case. I don't believe it. Nah, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I don't know why I did it in that voice. <laughs> wow. uh, let's have a short promo for what's coming up. And then when we get back, we'll talk about the stuff we should have talked about just then. Good evening and Merry Christmas. I'm Dog Trunk, back from the dead. I hope you're all very well. Watch out, Mr. Hambling. I'm coming to get you. Here is an advert about a rubbish Christmas quiz, which is on the show. Later. We're going um, to give the guy a special quiz name. DR, will you please go first? My quiz name is Shakhtar Senseless. Gillard, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like you to do yours next, please. Old Up Ginger Cock Splash. <laughs> <laughs> He's making it, he literally is making this up as he goes along, isn't he? Like, <laughs> did I not introduce this as ill-conceived? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You did, say, you did promise in July when we were conceiving this that it was going to be called Fan Fortunes. You promised. So, how many different nationalities have scored Premier League goals? I didn't even think there were this many countries. I'll be completely honest with you. It's a big number. Ninety-six. Man. Christ, what did I just say? Well, I actually said the answer, which hopefully Mikey can edit out. <laughs> edit it out, Mikey. Otherwise, I look really stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that was the quiz. <laughs> uh, look forward to that later on. Um, 
I may have given an answer away to a question. Uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, that will be uh, be coming up at the end of the show. If it's not your thing, you don't have to listen, listen to it. Uh, so we'll be completing the show in the uh, regular time. There'll be four word reviews coming up um, after we finished our review as well. Uh, so we'll get to hear your views. Um, yeah, and then you can go if you want, or you can listen to that that quiz, which it has its moments, doesn't it, Nick? It was a laugh. If they enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy recording it, you're going to have some fun. Yeah, that's that's that sounded really sincere as well. To say if they they enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it, you're gonna hate it every second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a there's a few things, and and, the, uh, and I didn't win as well. So, so no, like, you're quite right. But who did? Hey, who could possibly have won? <sighs> laser, spoil laser. Mm. laser, laser, laser. No spoilers. Um, it obviously is is coming up to Christmas. So we thought we'd reward you with a quick quiz. But as I said, I think I say in the introduction to that, I'm not actually sure if it's rewarding or punishing you. But either way, it's done with love. And that's the most important thing. Um, so we didn't really talk about um, the the key moment in the match, really, which it was, was conceding the goal. I mentioned it kind of in passing. Uh, DR, I'm going to start with you on this. Um, so when the... Uh, first of all, we you know, we've done a poor job of actually closing down... Aspilicueta, who's effectively is one of the three centre backs, but is managing to be in the sort of middle of our half, uh, chipping a ball towards Costa. Um, but when you look at the ball coming in, uh, Delaney watches it and thinks, okay, no problems. Dan looks up, looks at Hennessy, looks up again, looks at Hennessy. Um, and then Diego Costa's the only one who jumps and heads it into a space that, you know, Hennessy's not coming for the ball, surely he should be standing in, right? It's basic errors, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate Hennessy's fault there. Even though Hennessy's been playing good recently, that was his fault because clearly Dan was looking at Hennessy, thinking he'll come and get that, and it was it, he could have got that, he could have, but it's just Hennessy just turned off there for a second, and the ball was floating in the air for like a good hour or two, so it, it was not like the ball just quickly came in the box and he quickly headed it. It was in the air, so Hennessy could have come and. Came and come and got that, but he didn't, and it's his fault. It's not Dan's fault. There you go, Nick. Your views. Um, I just want to make sure I'm not on on mute, which I wasn't. Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> just to let you know, I think it needs to go back before that. Okay, you're right, Dr. He should have come up. He should have come off his line. If you look at his starting position, he was on the left hand side of the goal. Uh, from as you're facing from the Homesdale, he was probably three paces to the left. Uh, too far so when the ball came over he didn't have time to react okay but before that before that uh, the ball was actually picked up in midfield by Eden Hazard okay he was actually nearer to the left wing he was allowed to run across our midfield okay and play the ball out to Dave um, and and Standing there was Punchin and Kabai. Just let him, with the ball, sweep past him and play that ball out to Dave on the right hand wing. And then obviously he put the ball across and the rest, as we know. But he should never have been allowed to get to that point. He, he ran across our midfield with no challenge. Nobody even tracking him. They just stood there watching him run past him. And that's the bit that really pissed me off. Okay, yeah, okay, Hennessy was at fault. Uh, he was caught in no man's land. He should have come out. He should have taken the ball. From a, talking as a, a previous goalkeeper himself, he should have been commanding that six-yard box, okay? And he didn't. But it was that initial ball across the park that really got, got my goat. If anyone's uh, as confused as DR is, Dave is what the Chelsea players call Caesar Azpilicueta because of his 
difficult to pronounce name. So Dave. Um, Did you not know who Dave was? No, I was like, who's Dave? Says <laughs> <laughs> where did Chelsea buy a Dave in the team? Was I not watching a game? Or was Chad going crazy again? So, um, but but no, I agree with that, and um, I'll, I'll get Patrick in on this in a sec. But pick up on the point that you made and sort of expand on it a little bit, Nick. Is uh, in terms of responsibility, a lot of people say, well, why is Dan not getting off the ground? Um, you know, and obviously Kelly's coming over to cover as well. What's Kelly doing? He's not jumped either. The important thing to consider in that is that they're facing the wrong way. You know, they're facing their own goal. So, and, and then they're trying to judge a ball coming out, effectively could drop it over their shoulder. Now, I'm not saying that if Dan doesn't slightly adjust his body, he can't back away and try and head it out but basically it's a fantastic pinpoint ball to exactly the place that, that Costa wants it so really I don't think because of the run that Costa's made unless you know down down effectively was and allowed him to get in, into a better position than, than he could possibly get to so what I'm getting at is Hennessy has the whole pitch in front of him he has to command that so and that's about communication it's not just about whether or not he comes for the ball it's him telling the defense what he's doing you know so he either screams mine or he stays back on his line what he doesn't do is say nothing and stand in no man's land um because the, the header's not it's not a breathtaking header he's not you know he's climbed reasonably well but he hasn't powered it in he's headed it into a place where Hennessy was standing not that long before and would have just he would have just dropped into his hands if he'd stayed where he was. Yeah. Uh I hate seeing us concede a goal like that. Patrick. Yeah, um, I want to quote one of the best um palace keepers ever, John Burridge, yesterday on Twitter. Yeah. Quote Wayne Hennessy is the worst worst decision sorry. Wayne Hennessy is the worst decision maker I have ever seen as a keeper. On Costa's goal, he's either staying coming or staying on the line. Neither. Hashtag poor. Yeah, Burridge is not. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know what else to add. Seriously, and that's it's not just that one goal. No, there, there are plenty. The few. So I'm actually tired of talking about Wayne Hennessy. I really am. Listen, he played well against Man United. He played okay yesterday. He played okay. He makes saves. Ninety percent of APL goalies make every single match. Decision making is horrible. Free kicks. He's terrible. Okay, he's an okay goalkeeper. We need a much better. When you're in a position where we are. We need a better keeper than he is. And that's my issue. It's been my issue from the time he started. He had some fantastic games, Chris. Watford last year, Southampton last year. Some really good matches. But honestly, he's an average keeper. Palace need a better keeper than him. And we went out and got one. And even he played poorly in Mandanda, which shows you it's not maybe not just a goalkeeper. But I don't know what to say anymore about, about the keeper. You know what? It's like... I would love to see Sponey play, and I know there's an issue with him and, and the manager. He's never going to play for us again. But just for my personal psyche, I want to see Sponey back in the goal before the season ends because the way it's going right now, it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. And I, I picked out a, a comment uh, on Twitter made by Thibaut Courtois after the game. And I can only imagine he's referring to his opposite <laughs> number when he says this. It just out of nowhere. He's talking. The, the, the rest of it says, happy with our win and current form. Come on, Chelsea. Thanks to the fans. Right. Great support. But it just says, always focus on the ball. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a that's good idea. And the major thing I thought was, 
Yeah, because yeah. I saw you come out and collect crosses that were floating into the box and you were collecting them around the penalty spot because you know what? You were watching the ball coming in and you weren't worrying about where the players were and what was going to happen there. You just thought that ball was there. That's mine. It's in my territory. No one else is getting it. A, that's, that's what you want. That's a bit unfair because he, he, he was focused on the ball. He watched that ball every step of the way. It's just the trouble was <laughs> he was nowhere frigging near it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you have to move yeah. as well as focus <laughs> it. But, but, that's the, but, you know, he's about the same height as Courtois. I think we looked pre-show and he's about maybe an inch shorter than Courtois. But he, yeah, he's got that height. He just, even if he's standing up, he's going to beat people to the ball. He just needs to do it. Be decisive. And that that doesn't just go for Hennessy. That goes for a hell of a lot of our players. Yep. Be decisive. Okay. How many right. goal how many of these mistakes are they're not they're, when we call them silly mistakes, right? It's they it's decision making. It's actually just going, right, well, I'm gonna do it. And I've said before, I would much rather see four of our players going for one ball than than see none of our players going for a ball. Uh, it, it's you know ideally you want them being organised, confident, and aware enough for the right person to go for the ball every time. But if you're in doubt, do it. You know it's like if you're in doubt, kick the ball out of the pitch. Don't try and fall over and kick it to someone else. Ella Martin Kelly uh, a few weeks back, where he, uh, you know we, we're handing goals to teams that don't need to be handed goals. You know we gave Chelsea the opportunity to go one nil up in that game, and and they didn't even need to work for that. Um, we made them work for the rest of the match, but it's kind of it's completely moot when you don't when you you know when you just give them give them a goal. Nick, yeah, just to finish up on Hennessy. Okay, he was culpable for the goal. Okay, you can if you look at uh, Dan, Dan's eyes were fixated straight on the keeper because he expected him to come. Right, we've done that, finished that, put it to bed. What I also want to look at is some positives. In the second half, he made three extremely good saves. All right, you could argue one or two of them might have been what I call camera saves, good enough so the cameras picked it up, but there's a couple of them were excellent saves. He's a great shot stopper. He's not a box commander. I'm sorry, and, and, that's, and that's, that's the bottom line. That's fair. I think in terms of shot stopping as well, you know, we, we did point out he had a, seemed to have a little bit of a weakness when he was first our number one. For, for low down shots but that actually looks like something to me that he's worked on because yep. because he's actually get he gets down a lot quicker than he used to now but i was fascinated to see um chris coleman had actually defended hennessy and said that ball's not in an area for him to come and get it what <laughs> what like it is, it's six yard box and i'll tell you why he defended him chris I can... he has played more time for wales than he has for crystal palace got your chance to get that stat in there um, wait for that one yeah. Uh, I want a very, very quick chat about the ref. Um, and funnily enough, this was left out of the uh, match of the day coverage. But very early on in the game, uh, Conte held back. Who did he hold back? Mm. My brain's gone. It might have been punch. But basically, it's one of those where we're through. Um, and Conte's committed the foul. And the ref has waved play on. Um, and when he's called it back, he's just issued a warning. Moments later, Joel Ward makes the same foul. No warning, yellow card. Joel Ward's was a yellow card, but so was Conte's, right? Yeah. Conte then gets booked later on um, and was booked a bit late as well. It was probably four challenges that, um, you know, were a little bit dodgy, a little bit late. Again, it's, it's, we talk, I talked about it in the midweek pod. It's big team bias. It drives me insane. Now, Fortunately for us, the referee didn't really dominate this game like uh, like Pawson did. Um, 
against Man United. And did I just very quickly, did anyone see Pawson's performance yesterday? Yeah, no, the Leicester game. Was, oh my god! Oh, yeah. Was for us. Yeah, yeah, it was. But he just, it, but he sent Vardy off for a two-footed challenge that wasn't really a two-footed challenge. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it, and then obviously we actually the day have highlighted it, saying showing the Wolf challenge again. You're like, oh my god, just to, just be consistently rubbish. Don't be inconsistently rubbish. Just I don't even I don't even know. I am fed up with referees. I really am. I, I, I just thought. But Chris, you know what I was thinking about with that with that foul. You're right about that. But the reactions are different. You know, Wolf rides that tackle, never gets touched, doesn't scream like a little baby. And yesterday, the guy who Vardy t- uh, tackled was screaming, and that's what they—that's what it comes down to. If you act out, which is so stupid, yeah. you get calls. And you're right, and it's also a big team bias because man, I, there's no way that um, Rahul doesn't shouldn't got a red card. That was, that was a Palace player. Are you kidding me? If that's Joe Ward, he would have been sent off. That was on Pogba or on Ibrahimovic. So yeah. it's a joke. But you're right; they are so bad. It's it's ridiculous. Can I can I quickly say one thing? You know what was the best thing about Rojo's foul? It's that afterwards I was looking at Rojo and he was trying to explain to the referee why do you give it? He's like, and he said that Zaha dived. So in fact, he actually blamed it on <laughs> Zaha. <laughs> and he said that it shouldn't even be in a yellow. I idiot. saw him gesture to the referee saying he dived, watch him. So oh, it's just, it just ridiculous. It's just like... Just... Two-footer player, then he dived. He's, well, he did dive. He dived over him to get that away from the back. <laughs> Uh, can I just say we had tweeting from Scott Barnes, Scott Barnes, sorry, proving me incorrect about uh, Mila Yednak with a Times article. Not reading it, Scott. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> Stop proving me incorrect. Read it. No. Read it. Uh, you have to pay for the Times, don't you? I can't. Put, I can't read that. I can't get past the paywall. Weak. <laughs> Hate it when people prove me wrong. Don't. It's mean. Um, undermines me. Yeah. Um. Oh. And now Tom's playing my Australian. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even. I wasn't even doing an Australian accent when I went year. Yeah. I've um in my rage there, I managed to lose my show document. What, what are we talking about next, guys? Any ideas? Uh, Pardew. Oh, it is, isn't it? Alan Pardew. That's it. Yeah. Who? You should lose. <laughs> right, just lose that part. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do want to. I do want to give a nod to it. I want a bit, bit of a serious chat, really. So uh, I've, I've said in my show notes, and I was saying at the top of the show, you know, in isolation, you could praise a fair bit from this game against a, a very good side, you know, and, and that set up and the the attitude towards the game in the last two matches. It shows, you know, against the the better sides, we're able to keep things tight, we're able to negate their tactics and and sort of play a bit to our strength and change how we operate, but. What I wanted to say, and again, I hate to do this, but it, for me, it really highlights the negligence of the setup and the attitude when we're playing the lesser teams. So I asked the question of you, and I'll ask you, Patrick, first. Is is a performance, the performances like we put against Man United and we put against Chelsea, is that actually something a bit more damning that shows that if we maybe had the same attitude and attention to detail that we have when we play the bigger teams, that we'd have got bet more out of uh, you know games against the likes of Hull and Swansea. It is for me. I mean, if you look at Swansea and their fans that are reacting to Bob Bradley and how much they hate him, and they beat us 5-4, yeah. we couldn't beat that team. And then we couldn't beat Burnley, and we couldn't beat Hull. It speaks a lot. I don't understand why you would get up, quote-unquote, for the bigger sides or performances and you couldn't lock up in the back against teams like Burnley, Hull and Swansea. It's very damning. It's more damning to me. I'd rather have lost 5-0 and 5-0 the last two games. I could say, oh, all right, you know, we're bad. But the fact that we could play those teams so close but not get a point, which is what we need, we need points, it's really bad. And I just don't see, Chris, how we can turn this around. 
I just don't see it. I cannot see how players who have lost, who've won six games in an entire calendar year can all of a sudden in 2017 turn on that switch and start winning. When he said the other day, I think the quote was, we've had, we played some tough teams. I think I was in, I was sitting out with the, the post-conference. Yeah. Uh, but everybody played the same teams. <laughs> yes, yes, <that's> right. <laughs> Everybody played Hull, Swansea, Burnley, Man United, yeah. Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal. We're not playing Barcelona and Real Madrid, you know, thrown in there just for Palace. I mean, so to me, I don't understand how we can turn it on. I want us to in the worst way. Chris, I have been absolutely so utterly depressed over the last few months because of how we perform it. And I want to stay up so badly, but I don't think we can do it because I don't see how we can turn this around. I really don't. And I see, I think there are two better, worse teams than we are. Two, Swansea and Sunderland. That is it. I don't think so. How are we going to stay up when three go down? I just can't see him turning around. Man, listen, you know, I've picked out nine games that we're going to win. <laughs> so I'm, not, uh, I'm not going to reveal what they are, but I, well, <laughs> I picked them out. The nine teams, the nine teams that you said, Chris, are the are them teams that majority of them teams we haven't beat. Haven't been so, already, exactly. Thanks to exactly. You. So, what <laughs> is the nine teams worth? Like, what? What's the like? I don't get your point. The nine teams. What? Say, you're not right, Chris. I'm sorry. You're not right at all. Well, what you what you can't say? I'm not right. I'm not right yet. <laughs> I'm not wrong yet either. That's what happened, Jack. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. why I'm using the future <laughs> as an argument. <laughs> no, look. I mean, I you know, I I said those nine games of it with tongue in cheek, but we'll see how they go. I I do. I do expect a reaction soon. I do. I, I have to, you know, because... But Chris, if, what are you basing it on? Just hope... Well, this, this, this is my logic, right? right? This is my logic, because at the moment, I don't believe it, right? I just hope it. And that's that's okay. the first thing I'll say, that's right? Yeah, listen, me too. But, but, but my logic is, is that if something was as badly wrong, behi- you know, behind the scenes, in the stuff that we don't see... Um, then action would have been taken. I, I have every belief that that would be the case. Um, I don't think Steve Parrish would support a manager who had entirely lost the dressing room, and he would know about it because the, that's what the players do when they when a manager loses a dressing room. They tell the chairman, they tell the board, they tell everyone. They don't train. They don't. You know what I mean? They when the manager's lost lost a group, but you know don't don't think that the board won't know it. Right, Chris, let me let me give you right. a what if. What if a player went behind the manager's back and asked them to fight a manager? What would you think about that if that was true? Uh, I would say it happens at every single club. Okay, and that's fair. Um, I'm not saying whether I whether I like it or not, but I'm just saying it's a fact. It will happen. Okay, that's fair. It will happen. That's that's just that's just the way of the world, right? Mm-hmm. The cap, you know, a, a group of players would get together and and say, look, we've this isn't working for us. Right. Or, you know, you've you've got to do something here because the you know those again these foot, footballers aren't. Footballers aren't people who loads of fans like to go. Oh, they don't care. They're not playing for the club. Whatever. Those people have had to put in so much to become professional footballers. You know, when we've talked to to people on this show, I remember talking to Peter Ramage about it, and he was just saying that people don't. When him and Damo came off of Twitter because of abuse, he was saying that the people don't realise just how much it hurts players when they lose. They think because it's their, you know, their club, they can't possibly be hurting. But losing any football match for a professional footballer absolutely slaughters them. They can't, they hate it because their whole psyche is about being the best that they can be. You know, I'm not saying you don't get bad apples in that or or people who reach a point in their career and go all Winston Bogard. But you know, it the that's a reference to a Chelsea player who who picked up his contract and never really played. In case you don't know who that is, um, but he it's, it's 
you know, that, that's where I'm coming from. I think if things were completely broken behind the scenes, right. I genuinely believe that action would have been taken already. So on that sense, I've got to believe that there's that the group feel that they can turn it around. And perhaps they, they feel that it's really only a matter of time, effort, and, and the luck will turn. But I don't expect that to carry on much longer as well. That's all I will say. But that's not me saying, you know, I'm against you know, those who want the manager gone. At the moment, I'm the same. I don't see how we can turn it around. I, I don't think I've ever seen a manager in that position turn it around. The only real concern I have in the back of my mind is that if I was outside of the club looking in, it reminds me of situations like Newcastle last year. I would say not last year, the year before last, where we all, we all said, you know, no, you know what I mean, last season when they went down when we all said how stupid, you know, how stupid they'd been to get rid of their manager and it caused them to put them into a downward spiral and all that kind of stuff. Well, we've looked at Charlton before when they had Kirbishly and got rid and we laughed because it put them into a downward spiral and all this kind of stuff. We've seen other clubs do it and I just want to, when other when I talk to the, uh, this, this is absolutely true, I talked to um, over the over the last sort of few days to fans of other clubs, like at various work Christmas parties, a couple of conversations on, on Twitter that, went to DM and all that sort of stuff. And I was saying, look, genuinely, what's your opinion from the outside looking in? And they can't believe we want Pardew gone. What? And I, and I have to say to them, you do realise we won six games in 2016. And they go, right. oh, I didn't think it was that bad. They, they don't realise exactly. Because they see us in, in, like, in isolation, in selections of highlights, or they see us when we play their team. And they, don't, and they look at us and they go, that's not bad. I see, a lot of them would have seen us play Man United and would have seen us play Chelsea. And they'll look at that and they'll think, well, they were in those games. They were good. You know, they, they, they didn't get beaten badly. They look, they, in fact, they caused a bit of trouble here and there. So that's, they'll look at that and think that's the regular stuff. But what they'll forget, and you know, again, they, they'll look at the games like Harlan and Swansea. They'll call them crazy results like, like Pardew did. But you're looking at the sustained period again. I say it every week. It's the sustained period of poor form, poor results. And, and you know, yeah, a bit of bad luck. That's why we're fed up. You know, that's why people are starting to fall out with each other and all this kind of stuff. It's really hard to take. It's mentally draining. You said you're depressed, Patrick. It's depressing. It really is to, to, to lose pretty much every week. Um, I've gone on a bit for ages. Any more views on this? Yeah, move, uh, you, move them on. In the chat, Andy A, you're on fire tonight, mate. Your uh, thoughts are basically what the other guys have been talking about. He said, speak to Newcastle and Southampton fans, they all say the same thing about Pardew. He's got a massive ego and only his opinion counts. He also <laughs> says if Pardew could change, great, but he doesn't think that he will, and that's the worry. One other point from one another point from me, Chris, was DR and I were having quite a good banterish exchange the other night where I was saying, okay, let, let's let's assume he's gone. Come on, let's nail it down. Who do you want? And DR like a lot of other Palace fans are all very quick to say, yeah, let's bin him off, but come on, we've got to have the right replacement in, ready for him before we go and make that massive quantum leap. I believe personally in the background something is happening. I don't know. I've got no inside knowledge, but my belief is that something probably is happening that we're not aware of, okay, but they're going to get it right, get the appointment nailed down before they bin him off. And that's, and that's just my own personal thought. Okay. Can I jump in? Yeah, cool. Oh, go, yeah. Patrick. Go, Patrick, first. Yeah, real quick. Um, I don't know if they've spoken to Coleman, Hodgson, and Allardyce. So there were the three guys already they've spoken to already, from what I know. So there's that. 
I don't like I don't like any of them, but again, they have, they have been talking to people. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the replacement thing, right now, name him. Like, who would actually, who could do worse than Pardew's in right now? Nick, who possibly could do worse? No one could do worse than we're right now. What Pardew's doing to the club? No one can. It's not possible because we won six games in forty-two. Do you know how, six games in forty-two? That is horrendous. Your question is, who could do worse? That's not what we're talking about. The, my question to you on the chat the other night was, who are we going to bring in? That is the point, okay? We want somebody in position, ready to go, ready for that January transfer window, okay? And like I said, I believe something probably is going on in the background that we don't know about. And I hope it's a little bit more ambitious than the three names that you just gave us, Patrick. But my question to you was, who are we going to replace it with? And you couldn't come up with an answer. I still go for the Mancini, Lomardo, uh, double X. That would that would turn me on. I don't know you guys. Uh, unless yeah. about your... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> so, no, I know, I know what they are saying in the sense that who could do worse is kind of like so. Effectively, his answer is any manager. Just pick a manager, and I will put any manager in charge. <laughs> I mean, if you if you try and analyze it a bit and try and take that kind of approach, so you, you know, in the situation that we're in, I would say we've got a, a squad that is underperforming. I think that's Definitely. fair. I, I think yeah. I think we're better than we're showing right now. I think we need. I think we're. The confidence is low, so so what needs to happen for me for me is, is, is two major things. The, the the first is we need uh, a manager who himself breeds a bit of confidence, has a bit of um, you know, has a bit of again, dare I say, ego, because we talk a lot of people are talking about the fact that Pardew's ego is the problem. But you need a manager with that kind of self belief who's going to come in, but but with a with a fresh attitude. If you're changing the manager, I'm saying I'm not saying categorically that that's got to happen but if you are changing the manager that's what we're talking about so someone with a bit of presence but i think perhaps you also need someone who's going to go out in january and and be able to target and attract the sort of players who can come in and inject a bit of confidence on the field a bit of, bit of calm you know a bit of and i don't mean k-a-r-m i mean i mean a bit of c-a-l-m you know because we we get so so anxious in possession of the ball. It's so frustrating when people talk about you know let's let's get on the front foot. We can get on the front foot. And we can play the ball quickly, but you know sometimes we play like the ball is a hot potato. Sometimes we play like you know players don't even want the ball. It's they, or they hide and it's just you know when when teams press us we just break and and I really want someone to be able to sort that out you know and I hate to say it because you know and he's doing a really good job at Villa but Steve Bruce I've tipped earlier in the season if if Pardew went I'd love to have Steve Bruce back and I know a lot of people still hate him I I got over that the second he played uh, sorry he didn't play but he turned up for for Jeff Thomas's charity match to support it even though he was it hurt himself um yeah. I got over it and and I read and I read some comments from him in the Dougie Friedman testimonial program where he said he really regretted leaving Palace it's the biggest mistake he ever made he was building something special and he got his head turned but again you think back to who was chairman back then there was a few people who wanted to get out of the club when Simon Jordan was chairman and couldn't wait for the first opportunity to get away from the guy so and you know I had I had a lot of fun this for for Simon Jordan in the for, for for a variety of reasons I found him entertaining and I've, I at least believed he wanted the best for the club but I'd imagine working for him was absolutely hell so you know I had, there's always another side to things and Bruce walking out was more than just being offered a bit more money down the road at, at Birmingham it was you know it, 
And he went. I just think he he plays a kind of football and instills the kind of confidence in players to play football that I like to see. So that that was what I was, you know, kind of hoping if if Pardew was to go. But it is a, it's a tough one. It really is. Uh, you know, Tim Green's got in touch and said Gary Monk or Gary Rowett. I think Monk's doing a decent job at Leeds now in a very different difficult circumstance. But I don't particularly rate him. But Rowett's got a great reputation despite being unfairly sacked by Birmingham. Um, uh, Carl Mortimer said at any point he would take um, either of Gary Monk or Gary Rowett that Tim suggested over Pardew right now. Uh, Brent has said, told you before, they're lining up Dougie Freeman. Remember that, I said before, remember that conspiracy theory when we interviewed Dougie that everyone thought we were in on some conspiracy to bring him back, but... Um, he was there yesterday, wasn't he? he uh, was he there he, yesterday again? Was, um, no, 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 Man United game, wasn't it? It was Man the Man United game, yeah, he was down doing commentary for BT. But... Um, Again, I've said it before in this show, and I don't want to get hung up on it because I don't think it's going to happen. But I, part of me, one would wonder what he would do with the team that we've got uh, and the resources we've got available. Can I just I, jump in, Chris? I, go on. Uh, just a bit of comedy for you. I mean, I know we've mentioned it before and had a giggle about it, but somebody else has come up with a, a slight different leg on it. Okay, so we're going to we're going to go take Chris Hutton from Brighton and also put in a, and also put in a cheeky little bit for Glenn Murray's comeback as well. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I have to say this. I know. I know that's a joke, but there are people. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Paul still on Twitter going on about Gail and Murray. It drives me so, so insane. Should have kept Gail, should have kept Murray. Well, there's something on that, okay, because there's, I've actually asked to oh, come back. Not, not, on, not, on the, not on the Gail thing. So no, much. boy, I haven't I've, finished. My, I'll come back to that. Then. Sorry, sorry, sorry. About Christian Benteke, my, I've got a little bit of a worry about we're talking about the confidence thing. He never wanted to play up top on his own. He always wanted somebody off him, okay? Um, yeah, obviously, we, we all know in hindsight now that Gale would probably be in the better fit, okay, Along, up alongside him. But my concern is that what are we doing to Christian Benteke going forward, ruining his confidence? Is he just going to be another player like quite a few of the rest of the first-team squad uh, dropping in confidence? Yesterday, he's, he was, at best, he was lazy yesterday. Yeah, one good uh, take on his chest and turn in the box. But I'm yeah. worried about his confidence as well. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't. I don't think he is, is lazy. It's just trying to be in the right position. It's not like we were playing long balls to him. We were playing long balls into anywhere, and he had to kind of play that lottery of trying to guess where they were going to be. You know, it's it's different when when you, if you're hoofing the ball up the pitch rather than hitting it long to someone. I mean, that that was the problem, you know. And the accuracy of Hennessy's kicking doesn't help either. He can kick very long, but he can't really. 
put the ball anywhere you you know anywhere he wants. It's just in a general direction. You know, if you're going to hit the ball long to Benteke, you've got to get it accurate. Um, yeah. So I felt sorry for him, but I, I I do believe that we want to play a four four one one, and I and, and you've got to remember that's you know we we signed a player around you know around the time of Benteke in, in Loic Remy to do just that. Um, you know, and there's suggestions that he was he's back next week. That um, can't come quick enough mm-hmm. uh, to get get him back. Really? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but again, I, I think our problems the other side of the pitch more than I understand. We got to score goals, but we you know we've when we've lost we've lost games five four three two, drawn three three. It hasn't really. I mean, last two games obviously at Chelsea, man. We've scored goals in every other other matches, guys, and lost. Yeah, so yeah. I, I really think it's more defensively. But again, it can't hurt us. Uh, but Chris, I have a I have a, just a quick point about the manager yeah. before we move on. Is that I want him to turn it around, not because I like him, because I don't like him, but I want Palace to do well. But where we are right now, I cannot see any way this has ever worked. If you look at the past of all those teams that have just plummeted from, you know, from where they were to falling into the relegation zone and then getting, you know, get, fighting out of it, Sunderland, what they had to do, change the manager. You know, um, yeah. other, I mean, Sunderland did it, I think, three seasons in a row, they've changed the manager. West Brom. You know, bought in Pulis. I can't think of a team that has actually survived. Even last year, Newcastle bought in a great manager and still got relegated. So it's very rare that a team a team is able to do it. I think the person probably did it was probably Pardew might have done a couple of years ago with when Newcastle started their, their kind yeah. of first free fall. But it doesn't really happen. So the chance of, of him turning this around are very, very slim. And that's my concern, that he can't do it. And I'm telling you, Nick, you keep talking about managers and DR. There are, there are plenty of managers out there. We really don't know who they are. And we've named eight already, I think, tonight. And I'm sure there are a couple more we haven't even named. That would love to manage Crystal Palace. I'm telling you, would love the chance to manage this team right now. We have, we have talent. We're just not performing. Agreed. And I agree with that point, mate. I absolutely agree with you. Oh, there was so much there yeah. I needed to really talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we were from subject to subject to subject. I was in mid-rant about Murray and Gale. And I wanted to cut you off because that drives you nuts too. And then, 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 to then Nick cut me off. And then, Mate, I'm then so I thought, sorry. Then, so I, then, I, then I thought of something else that you, about what you said, Nick. And then Patrick cut me off. And now I don't know what I was thinking about anything anymore. You said uh, that Gale and Murray... Uh, oh, look, I was just going to make a quick point about the fact that... that um, do you want me to choose ben, Murray over Benteke? No. no. Do you want me to choose Murray over Connor Wickham? No. Do you want me to choose Murray over Loic Remy if he's ever fit? No. Do you want me to choose Mate. him over Fraser Campbell? Possibly. <laughs> Not possibly. possibly. Yes. No, just possibly. Uh, Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale would never... He spent, spent, you know, three seasons being a bench player at Palace. Uh, made an impact occasionally. The system we play, the players we have, it's just not going to do it, okay? He's he's playing in the championship. Bearing in mind that, again, I, I always say this, I can send you a list of all the uh, Premier League managers who didn't want Dwight Gale by sending you a list of the entire Premier League. You know, he was wanted by Newcastle in the championship for the same reason we bought him, because we thought we might go down. And we thought if, if we right. go down, Dwight right. Gale will get us back up at the first time of asking. He yeah. will because he is a finisher. And when you were playing against, when you've got good players and you've got good confidence, and you've got a great midfield behind him at Newcastle in the Championship now, they will just feed him the chance after chance after chance. And he has developed as a player as well. He's developed as a player playing bit part in the Premier League and training um, with Palace because he, had, you know, hadn't really been a, a top club till he joined us. You know, and 
there's there's a lot to say about Dwight Gale about how good a player he is. You know, he scored a huge amount of goals. He's a fantastic player. And you know what? If we went out and got him now, I think he'd have a better chance of success in the Premier League than he would ever have had before he left us. You know, but he, for me, he needed that drop down. But we can't get hung up on the fact that we let him go. It was the right thing to do. He was not yeah. going to play at Crystal Palace and he was not going to be the man to lead the attack. Now, you can argue now, you can go, well, if we want to play 4-4-1-1, can you imagine Gale running around Benteke? Yeah, that might be all right. It might be all right, but we, we had we had our sights set on other players. Yeah, Andres Townsend. Really tried something I was thinking more about, about Remy, but like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's that's what we wanted to do. So that's the point I was making about Gale and Murray. Murray is, is a very, very good player. And to, to be playing in the championship, again, he's he's just still a quality player there. But he's not better than Christian Benteke. Yeah. Right? He isn't. And, and you know, and Dwight Gale's a good player, and but but we had him, and he di- and it didn't work out. And it wasn't just one manager not playing him; it was manager after manager after manager. It didn't work out. Drop down to the, to the championship, it will be the making of him. You know that that kid could probably play for England one day. He, he really could, but he was never going to do it. Already, so you're right. We're talking about yeah. that already, which is kind of scary. Yeah, and it was all. I, I, I just, I firmly believe that the talent he's got. I always said it, but it just didn't work at Palace for whatever reason. Uh, the second point I was going to make was actually um, about the manager shite. It's just dropped out of my head again. Sorry, it's, it's all right. It's Turn all right. it around. Oh no, no, it was about it was about the four four one one system about playing oh, okay. that. And it, it's like I, I, I just, I genuinely believe that that if you if you look at how we played against Chelsea. If you have if you have Remy up there along around around Benteke, you can play that way. That can be that can be the system. You can keep possession of the ball. You can play compact when you're playing difficult teams, or you can play a bit more expansive when you're playing the lesser teams. But I think that as a system would work. And I think that that's where I have the biggest amount of sympathy for Pardew because I gen- I just think that was what he wanted to do. That's what he's wanted to do from day one. And he's been stopped doing it by by constant injuries. Someone put up a stat in the other day, didn't they? Seven and a half, every seven and a half days, he's had an injury at Palace. Well, you know, that's... And I agree with that, Chris. I, th- I think what you just said about that's, that's the system he would dearly like to play. My only little bit of a question mark against that would be that Remy hasn't kicked the ball in anger for two years and he's going to and he's going to take him some time, time that we don't have to get up to match fitness. Exactly. Look at Flamini. Plays half a game and he's already out. Yeah, and there so, you go. I'm rumoured to be going to Marseille in, in the January window as well. <laughs> already. Plays half a game that goes... <laughs> anyway, look, uh, because we've rambled on so much, we're going to have to make the quiz a um, podcast only. So make sure you download the podcast to hear the quiz uh, if that if you're that if you're so inclined. And I would encourage you to do it. It was it was a it was a bit amusing bit of uh, bit of material. But uh, we will end the show with forward reviews. Just after that, we'll come back and say our goodbyes. Uh, but that will be a lot. So forward reviews up right now. Marco Traversi, Road to Skybet Championship. That's really confusing because he's used at Skybet Champ as a word. So there's Road to at Skybet Champ 2017. 2017 is several words when you say it out loud. I hate you, Marco. You've got it wrong. (laughs) All right. Lisa, Fogfield, Fickle Footballers. Vancouver Eagles, when will Parrish realise? Relegation looming ever closer. Dan Mackey, we must beat Watford. Nick Thompson, same old, same old. 
Tony G, Pardew still never learns. Ben Flurry, 2017 must be better. Matt Mitchell, Kelly can be good. Jason Rourke, cleared to up front. Dania Wright, individual errors strike again. Simon Pizzi, Pardew's job is untouchable. I'm going to have to edit Kevin Solis' one because there's only three words in it, so... I'm going to help you out here, Kevin. Kevin Solis, need a new direction. Ebber, why always before half-time? Darren Millard, anyone else pulled you in? More guest? Oh, well. Merry Christmas! Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Back in music was too loud again there, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I did that because I know it really annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's your lot for today. Um, yeah, we sort of went a little bit tangential today, didn't we? Sort of um, all over the place, but hopefully it was enjoyable. Uh this is our last show, as I mentioned before. We take a little break for Christmas, spend some time with the family, um, eat too much, put on about two and a half stone, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so I just want to say it's been a difficult 2016 uh, for, for Palace, but it's been a been a good 2016 for, for Homesdale Radio. Really enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of change, a lot of new people uh, joined us to help out. Um, and it's yeah, and and your contribution as as listeners has been fantastic, uh, and I hope it we continue to grow, uh, continue to hear from more of you. Uh, I'll be pushing the phone ins a bit more in the new year. Uh, now we've got the number sorted out, um, and really it's just a case of making sure you just share your love of Homestay Radio with your friends. Um, it'd be nice to reach as many Palace fans as we possibly can with it. Uh, going to work work hard getting on some uh, great interviews for the new year and all that kind of stuff but for 2016 thank you very much you make us feel very very humble by uh, all your attention and all your interaction um, and it is much appreciated by everyone at Homestead Radio Towers uh, do you have any wishes for the live listeners uh, yep I just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and just remember whatever to forget about Pardew us as a family should always remain together and not fight over the manager but always support the team yeah. sick fan alright nice uh, Patrick another chance for you to uh, to say something nice yeah it's been a tough 2016 uh, I'll make one promise I won't be o- I won't be over there in 2017 because according yeah. to Nav I started the bad run back in December 28th of 2015 you so, did indeed, yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah. on a serious note, uh, it's been great to be part of the whole family again this season, um, or this year, sorry. And uh, I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and be safe. Okay, Nick, you're one of the newbies. Some words from you, please. Yeah, I loved, loved having the opportunity to come on and spreading my love for Crystal Palace Football Club on Homesdale Radio. So from my family to the, my new Homesdale Radio family and everybody out there listening, Merry Christmas to you all. Fantastic. Thank you to everyone who's listened today and, of course, in all of 2016. We'll see you on the 4th of January, but I dare say we'll be dropping a podcast before that because we get bored. And Terence will be obviously recording his final preview show of 2016 uh, during the course of midweek as well. Until the next time, goodbye. 
Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel. And just for Homestale radio listeners, we've got an extra special offer right now. When you sign up, use the promo code PALACE. That means if you don't make money in your first contest, FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10. So go to fanduel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now. What are you waiting for? Terms apply. Over 18s only. Please play responsibly. Right, it's Christmas time. Or is it Quizmas time? See, I stole my oh. earlier. Uh, it is rubbish quiz time. It's that time of the year where we have to, I say reward you, reward slash punish you uh, for being loyal listeners up until this point in the season. Perhaps maybe not too much further on than that. Uh, we'll be doing three rounds. There'll be a round of Palace trivia. And then we'll be playing an ill-thought-out family fortunes game. And then, then we will end with... What will we end with? It's Premier League trivia. Uh, I bet you guys can't wait. I have joined me for this. I have the two Nicks, Mr. Gillard. Hello. Happy Christmas, everybody. Hey. And we have Mr. Philbox. Ho, bloody ho, bloody ho. Well, there's no need for that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, We've also got a very special guest joining us for the quiz. It's Mr. Dr. Kernes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> what kind of a voice is that? <laughs> Change your bow a little bit. Are you trying to audition for the job as the new stadium announcer? Um, no, someone else has <laughs> taken it. We're going um, to give the guy a special quiz name. Dr. will you please go first as you're the least afraid of the technology? All right. Reveal to the listeners what your quiz name is. My quiz name is Shakta Senseless. <laughs> <laughs> That's really quite, quite, quite bad. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like you to do yours next, please. <laughs> You're laughing before revealing, come on. <laughs> Old up ginger cock splash. I feel it has been rigged somewhat. Does sound like it. Mr. Philpot, your quiz name, please. Emergency Brexit. Your emergency Brexit, are you? <laughs> there you go, good stuff. So, at the ready, are you ready, Shakhtar Senseless? Oh, no. I'm just going to tell everyone I'm terrible at quizzes, so don't... Just don't judge me, okay? But are you ready? Yes. I think you've been judged already, mate. Oh... Are you ready? I'm gonna gonna abbreviate it. Are you ready, Ginger Cock Splash? I am ready. Are you ready, Emergency Brexit? I am. Then I shall begin. <laughs> Question number one. Who scored more goals for Palace? Was it Darren Ambrose, Vince Hilaire, John Solarco, or David Hopkin? Your options are John Solarco. David Hopkin, Vince Hilaire, or Darren Ambrose. Or your options might be Vince Hilaire, David Hopkin, Darren Ambrose, or John Salarco. 
Okay, so hopefully all of your answers are with Michael. There we go. Question number two. You excited by question number two? I am. Can you name Crystal Palace's last three goal scorers on Boxing Day? You get a point for each. So that is, can you, the quiz people, name Crystal Palace, that's the team you support, their la- the last three goal scorers on Boxing Day? So there you go. That was three goal scorers uh, for the in our last box day fixture. So there we go. Uh, question number three. Remember, 30 seconds from when I finished asking it the first time. Who has made more appearances for Palace? You've got an option of four here. Is it the Andy Gray? Is it Hayden Mullins? Is it Wilfred Zaha? Or is it Danny Butterfield? So 30 seconds. Options are more appearances for Palace, Danny Butterfield, Wilfred Zaha, B, Andy Gray, or Hayden Mullins. This is a tricky one, I have to say. I really do. It's uh, only a thinking time here. Uh, Butterfield, Zaha, Gray, or Mullins. Uh, just five more seconds. It seems to go really slowly this time. There you go. Fair keeping quiet. You've got to think of things to say for 30 yeah. seconds. Mikey, can you give us two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, it's question number four time. So bear in mind, from the second I finish asking it the first time, that is when your 30 seconds will start. All right. So get yourselves ready. Have Crystal Palace won, drawn, or lost more games on Boxing Day? So in our box today fixtures throughout our history, have we won or drawn or lost more games? So you've got to choose one of won, <laughs> drawn or lost. Can't possibly struggle with that question. It's, it's absolutely it's clear as day. I've repeated it a number of different ways. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> so three, two, one. There you go. You're, Time is up. Oh, can you do that? There you go. Every time, that was quite good. That that was the best best end of thirty seconds yet, Chris. I think we're we're getting there. I'm growing into the role. I think. Yeah, I really do. Uh, So that's uh, that's 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 one over and done with. Part one was it exciting, guys? Did you? How do you feel? You did? Mm, I don't really care. Don't answer that. (laughs) Uh, We're going to review the points. Okay. So, on uh, I'm just trying to see uh, what you've picked there. So. Okay, we're going to start with you, DR. So the question was, who scored more goals for Palace? Darren Ambrose, Vince Allaire, David Hopkins, or John Solarko? Uh, tell, the ladies, tell the ladies and gentlemen who you went for there. Uh, I went for John Solarko. What was your thinking behind that? because <laughs> I didn't have a clue. You played more games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. I'm afraid you are incorrect. Let's uh, let's visit uh, Ginger Cox Splash and Emergency Brexit. Uh, first of all, Mr. Cox Splash, um, you went with the with the answer of Mr. Vince Allaire. Are you confident with that? No. No, you were right. Uh, not uh, um, I'm, I've got a uh, 75% <laughs> chance of getting right. No, I don't know what it is. One no, in three is getting you, right. You, uh, unfortunately, you were wrong. It's uh, and, and so were you, Mr. Philpot, as well there, Mr. Brexit. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, obviously Vince, Vince scored a fair few goals, played a fair few games, but um, I don't, I'm surprised none of you went for it. It was Darren Ambrose with 37 goals. Now, Vince Lair got 36, so just one behind. David Hopkins, 33, but John Slarko was 34. So no one picking Hopkin, and, and understandably so. But, uh, but yeah, Ambrose <laughs> out on the top. So no points for any of you. Well, well done. We're, we're off to a flyer. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Uh, <laughs> All plastics. <laughs> Question number two was uh, was name Palace's last three goal scorers on Boxing Day, and you've um, you've all had well, you had a, you had a couple of goes at that. So this is going to get a bit of a theme. But uh, Shakhtar senseless, Mister Diarcanes, uh, what did you go for there? I was really confused. <laughs> he was like, uh, I think I went for Glenn Murray. Was he our player last year? Uh, I remember. Yeah, no. no, he wasn't. No, no. He's a, he was a Bournemouth, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Oh. But, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't score in Boxing Day, but I don't remember who Bournemouth played. So, <laughs> so you, that was your only guess as well. So you didn't even guess three different players. So that was, was, zero, was zero points, okay? Oh. oh, I was thinking of two years ago when we got beat and Warner went. Yeah, okay. So um, I'm going to come back to you, actually. <laughs> Mr. Gillard, because after you've just said you were thinking of two years ago, I'm going to come back to you in a sec. So, uh, Nick Philpot, you only went for one name. What was that name? I went for Dwight Gale, but in, in hindsight, I think that's right, but I also should have gone with Dan as well. Oh, so, that's right. You are correct, Gale scored. Oh, and you're also correct if you'd, if you'd selected Dan. That was also a point. And uh, Nick Gillard, you did get Scott Dan. But um, you, selected, Scott you Dan. selected one other player there from two years ago. Who no, was... I've got two other players. Uh, I've, I've, I've only got, got Lee. one Lee. Lee, I thought if oh. I go for Lee, I could claim either uh, Chung Young or Allen, you see. So I thought okay. I'd, I'd hedge my bets a bit there. And, and uh, I went for Ambrose, because I don't remember us doing well on Boxing Day at all, really, for years. Right, OK. OK. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the question was, uh, last three goal scores on Boxing I suppose, yeah. Yeah, but then you said for two years ago. Did Aaron, Darren Ambrose play for us two years ago? <laughs> No, it's a long time ago, but I'm getting old. The years whiz by, mate, you get confused. Fair enough. But anyway, at the end of that uh, round is a point for Mr. Gusset and Mr. Philport. DR, still zero, I'm afraid. Very disappointing. Mm. But plenty of time to win some points. Uh. <laughs> the wisdom of age, ain't it? The wisdom it, of age. I know, the trouble is I keep wetting myself. That's the, that's, that's the other problem, age. Anyway, question three, <laughs> who was who made more appearances for Palace? And you gentlemen had the options of Danny Butterfield, Wilfred Zaha, the Andy Gray, or Hayden Mullins. DR, start with you again. <laughs> I went for Hayden Mullins. You did, and you were wrong. Uh, Hayden Mullins, actually, he had 257 appearances. He was the second most prominent player. So not oh. too bad, too bad there. Uh, Mr. Philpot. Clearly wrong. Yeah, Wilfred Zaha on 239. He was the least of uh, the appearances there. I was working on the premise that uh, with two lots of appearances for us, obviously uh, pre-Man United and post-Man United, that he might be up there in, in, uh, in the top echelons, but clearly yeah. I was wrong. No, he's not, too, he's not too far behind the Andy Gray, uh, who was on 242, but the winner was Danny Butterfield on 269. I got that. Mr. Gillard did indeed get that. So I'm Mr. Gillard when I get it right and Mr. Coxsplash when I get it wrong. Correct. I quite like this. Um, the only reason I chose it was because of Beavis and Butthead. 
butts. <laughs> he said butts. And that's the only reason I didn't have a clue as to whether it did. It was just for the comedic Beavis and Buttheadness. Well, so comedic is, right. is that's just in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Um, you don't like Beavis and Butthead? I, I do. I just didn't really. You'll be saying you don't like Ren and Stimpy next. I won't. <laughs> oh, can I just mention in uh, question two, the name that no one got was Mila Yedinak, uh, was the other scorer on Boxing Day. So it was three scorers, Scott Dan, Dwight Gale, Mila, Mila Yedinak. Um, so there you go. After question three, we have we have Ginger Cock Splash on two points. We have Emergency Brexit on one. And bringing up the rear was checked our senseless. There's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but the rear bit. We, sorry, but here we go. So we're in a we're in question four territory now. Stepping a look at something that's going to happen. So question four territory, um, Mister Gillard. Yes. Have Palace won, drawn, or lost more games on Boxing Day? I'm going to say lost. Yeah, but you went for drawn. I know, but I knew because you came to me first and you've been going to the only person that's getting it right last. I've probably got it wrong, so I'll hedge my bets and change my answer. But I called you Mr. Gillard. <laughs> so I'm, 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 you know, I'm changing things up here. Are no, you... You, were, you were wrong, as was <laughs> as were you, Mr. Philpott. Yeah, uh, okay, drawn was, was quite considerably the least. Um, out, of, out of the games we've played, we've only drawn 16 on Boxing Day. Uh, we've actually lost 27 games on Boxing Day, which means, DR, we won 28 games on Boxing Day, and you are correct <laughs> by one game. You've got yourself a point. How are you feeling? Oh, I feel less more like plastic now. Not plastic. It's all gone. Right. Time for part two of the quiz. This is the ill-advised Family Fortunes game. Um, what we've done in the break, it was going to be the person who was losing who would go first. Um, but... There's <laughs> some fireworks noises of some sort. It's the 18th of December, there are fireworks. Very confusing. I, I think we're <laughs> celebrating the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happy to volley, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope that's got you in the mood for some festive family fortunes. <laughs> uh, obviously, Palace themed. Um, Dr. and Nick are both actually um, on on one point. With uh, that's Nick Philpot on one point. Um, I should give them their proper names. Shaktar Senseless is on one point. Emergency Brexit is on one point. With Ginger Cox Splash uh, on two in the lead. So he will be going last. Um, and Dr. You chose uh, a flip of a coin and lost, which is. Um, think prophetic for the rest of this game so mr philpot it will be you going first right, uh, okay so hold i'll be on, asking you hold on he lost so that that's yeah, so therefore he's worse than nick so he should go first yeah but the benefit is going first so when you win the coin toss you should be able to go first but going first is a good thing so i'm penalizing you for for, for going for doing well in the last round uh, he's making it. He literally is making this up as he goes along, isn't he? Is. <laughs> did I not introduce this as ill-conceived? <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. You did say you did promise in July when we were conceiving this that it was going to be called Fam Fortunes. You promised. Yeah, because yeah, because Mario's on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fam oh, Fortune oh. in it. <laughs> no, it's not. Fam Fortunes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're quite finished. 
Okay, good. So I'll be asking you a series of questions, and it'll be a sort of a round robin until you get it wrong. Uh, if you get it right, you'll hear a well, you'll hear this noise. Uh, if you get it wrong, you'll hear this noise, <laughs> and uh, that will mean, uh, of course, that you are out and cannot answer. So technically speaking, one person continuously answer uh, and win all the points in this round. Now there are. Well, there's three answers. Oh, no, that's not true. I was going to say there's three answers to everything, but one of the questions has four answers that are right answers, I think, technically. No, I'm at, okay. So it'll be the top three answers. Once the top three answers are gone, uh, we will end the question and move on to the ne next one. Okay? So, are you ready, Philpop? It's your, you're up. Ready to go. I've got to do the survey bit, haven't I? We, are, we surveyed over 100,000 Palace fans or something, uh, and we asked them, what is your favourite Palace moment ever? Top three answers, please. Uh, number one, Darren Ambrose goal. So the Darren Ambrose goal is your first uh, selection. Do you mean against Man United? Yeah, I've got Old Trafford. Uh, so favourite Palace, Palace, Palace moment ever, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> I'm you out already. Out. You're out already. Um, obviously, you'll be back in the next round. So, DR, <laughs> is this a for you? I think. <laughs> no, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. See how you get on. See how you go. Yep. Yep. So, favorite Palace moment ever? Top three, please. Uh, playoff final. Did you say the playoff final? Yeah. Uh, which playoff final? Can you specify, please? Uh, the most recent one again, Watford. Yeah. Oh my. So there you go. Uh, three points on offer here, Gillard. Favourite Palace moment ever. That's favourite Palace moment ever. Beating the weed in the playoffs. Uh, so would you clarify that that's, that's the playoff semi final you're referring to there against Brighton? Well, but they've never got to the final, have they? So it must be. <laughs> that's quite right. I just want to make sure. <laughs> that is a correct answer. Two more answers. Yes. All right, so that's favourite Palace moment ever. Two more to find. I reckon um, Chris Ball, 3-0, Liverpool. Incorrect. So that's, that's everyone done. So just one point scorer there, uh, Mr Gillard. Taking him on to three points. DR's got one. Phil Potts got one. Um, I can't believe this. The, 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 the top three, second was the uh, playoff semi-final against Brighton. Top FA Cup semi final nineteen ninety. Come on. Oh yeah. Nineteen ninety. I was there as well. Yeah. And the uh, <laughs> third most mentioned uh, favourite palace moment ever was David Hopkins' goal in the playoff final. Looking uh, to curl one in. Looking to curl one, there you go. So those were the top three. Obviously plenty of others mentioned, uh, including the Sheffield Wednesday relegation. Uh, battle game, uh, Wrexham away in nineteen seventy six and staying up with a win at West Ham in twenty thirteen. So there you go. Exciting oh. times. So question two. Um, we'll obviously be repeating the same order. So brace yourself, Philpot. Yeah. What is your least favourite Palace moment ever? So then again, top three answers, please. And, uh, you know, again, just, just think about this. It's the least favourite Palace moment ever. Uh, we did the survey on Twitter. Um, that might sort of guide your opinion you know but uh, there you go think about it as Palace fans there's been so many of them um, I'm really I've got, I've, I've got, I've got, an, I've got an answer 
Okay. Ad- administration. <sighs> Is that? I'm it's glad not in there. It's not in there. Um, really? It's not in the top three. Let's just say that. Surprising, isn't it? DR, on to you. Now, you can do this. Just think about your answer, answer for yourself, okay? You know, because, because you're trying to second guess everything. What's your least favourite Palace moment ever? Could, uh, it's hard. It is. It is. Br- Brighton 3 0. That's, yeah, oh, do you know what? That was, that's one of mine. But unfortunately, it's, uh, there's nothing uh, there. Uh, you know, it's all open for you, mate. Um, I honestly don't think you're going to get one of these because I can't work out why it's there. But here we go. Three top three, please. Least favorite Palace moments ever, as voted for by the 7.8 million Palace fans on Twitter. It's probably not that many. It's probably about 20 people who contacted us. But let's do it. Losing in the cup final. Well, which cup final? I'll go for two points and go for both of them. Uh, well, we'll st- which in which order? Because <laughs> if you're wrong with the first one, you might not. Get well, the last, the, the, the most recent one first. Point for Gillard. Losing the FA Cup final in 2016 was the top answer with 33 percent of the vote. Well, surely. Like oh that. no! Don't don't worry. So I've got to go, the second one. Is the second one actually the other cup final against Man United? The replay. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. And I was very surprised at that. And weirdly, in second place with 20% of the vote was the Hillsborough 2-2. Bizarre, isn't it? Because that was a great moment in the end. But I wonder if people were just talking about the fact that how harsh it was to actually be part of it and how un- you know, it wasn't particularly an enjoyable experience until the final whistle. But there you go. And uh, the chart... People got away from the ground by all accounts. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, that was on 20% in, in second place. In third place was... Um, was obviously the Charlton game, oh four oh five, uh, which which relegated Palace. Uh, that got thirteen percent of the vote. Others included in the uh, discussion were the latest administration, uh, as as a topic as a whole. Anything game where Mark Clattenburg has refed us, Millwall, is <laughs> hat trick as well. So there you go. So uh, Mr. Gillard, four points, still one for you, Dr. One for you, Phil Potts. He's flying away with it. Oh. it this time. Patrick's going to be gutted his computer updated because I think he'd be doing well. <laughs> okay, so question three. Who is your favourite ever Palace manager? Mr. Philpot. Sir Steve. Top answer with 67% of the votes. Two more to find. Dougie Freeman. Second place with 20% of the votes. Just one more to find. And uh, you've got yourself up to three points there. If you get it, you take all the points from this round. If you don't, it's over to Shakhtar Senseless to see if we can steal a point. And you're going to think I'm mad. It depends on when the questions were asked, but I'm going to go with Alan Pardew. Incorrect. They are chance for a point here. It's, I'm going to say it's an oh. outside chance. So you've got to... <laughs> Is this the last back. question? No, there's one more question to come after this. You would, you, knew, you would be the worst contestant on a game show on TV because you continuously interrupt us. <laughs> so there's are we one having, more. Are we having lunch? Am <laughs> <laughs> I allowed to drink here? Am I allowed to drink? When it was, how many questions are left? <laughs> Paul Daniels. Anyway, um, uh, so I was thinking about Wipeout there. You've had a bit of time to think there, DR, where I went off on one about Wipeout. Um, palace uh, Manager. 
Should I go with Ian Holloway? I don't know. It wasn't Ian Holloway, but it was a good guess. Uh, but no one's, no one's picked him, despite them leading us to the uh, Premier League through the playoffs. So, chance to get the last point on offer for this question, Mr Gillard. Your favourite Palace manager. Mm. Looking for third place in the poll. Steve Coppel, 67%, understandably. Dougie Friedman with 20%. I can reveal this manager received 6% of the vote. Terry Venables. The answer we were looking for was Malcolm Allison. Of course. There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course it was. So uh, because uh, DR is now in last place, I'll be starting with him on this final question. No, no, not final question. There's actually a question after it. How exciting. I'm enjoying this. So <laughs> question four, DR, you get first pick here. Um, uh-huh. It's a hotly contested topic, this one. The question is, what is your favourite Palace goal ever? Oh, so no. So you're looking for favourite Palace goal ever. Top three, and there's obviously it's it's. I can tell you the top three all had the exact same percentage, um, so very very tight in the voting. And I can see some of the others mentioned as well. It were very very interesting indeed. So bit of thinking time for you there, dear. Um, think it through. What are you going to pick? Uh, hard one. I want to say punching in the FA Cup final, but I don't know if I should. Mm. I, I'll. Think, think it, tell me, tell me what your answer is. All right, let me go punching in the FA Cup final. <laughs> You're not good at this. Oh. <laughs> totally. Um, I think, yeah, oh. I think it's, you know, look, it's recent, and and had that gone on for us to win the cup, I think that would have been top answer by quite some distance. But um, didn't even get a mention, so far as I can see. Uh, <sighs> Phil Potts, you're just one point behind, Mr. Gillard. Okay, without fear of repeating myself because I'm getting old, uh, Darren Ambrose, Man United. That is in there. That was actually, well, it's either first, second or third, <laughs> depending okay. on how you look. In the list I'm reading, it's third, but it could be. It's the same percentage as anything else. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Hopkin, looking to curl one in. Um, I really should penalise you for not knowing his name. Can I do that? Can I come in and go, David, David Hopkins? David Hopkins, sorry. David Hopkins, for my point, he got it wrong because I've got to win this. I get competitive. Hang on a minute. No, 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 no. This has got to be a ping. And I've also got an answer for the third one as well. Right, so it was a ding because Mikey's ruled it. Um, oh. I was going to split it half and half, but Mikey's ruled it. You get the point. Mikey's okay, got... trying to enrage me now. So you're now, you're now in the lead. Can you extend your lead or will... I'll I'll try. If I'm behind him, it means I go next. Shut up. Right. Go. And I'm going to have a go and stab in the dark. The third Dwight Gale goal, uh, the 3-3 Liverpool, Palace Liverpool. <laughs> wasn't there. wasn't there. So you've got one to find, Mr. Gillard. Favourite Palace goal ever. I think those iconic moments. Those iconic moments like where future manager Dougie Friedman scored... To keep us up that season. I'm going, no. mate, it's not can there. I take a stab at the Wait. answer? Can I take a stab you at can, the answer? He won't score you a point, but you can. No. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Pardew's fourth goal, uh, 4-3 at Villa uh, Park. No, it isn't. No. Nope. I'll tell you what it was. It was Wilfred Zaha's Zaha second against second Brighton. Against in the, the, Brighton, yeah. oh. um, the uh, other mentions that weren't in the top three were Ian Wright in the FA Cup final and Dougie Freeman against Stockport, but they didn't Did make the top three. Did you did it go on any social media that over 25s use? Well, 
you asked that question. Like Hopkins featured in quite a few. Hopkin has featured in quite a few, so I would assume so. Yeah, but that's only because of that Hopkin looking to curl one that sticks in people's mind. There you go. That is that is how it goes. So now we have Nick Philpot in the lead with five points. Uh, Mr. Gillard in second with four points. Dr. Still, still. Well, you're not completely marooned. You got a point, and you got a chance to win three in a row with answering all of these. Oh. It's not so much a question as an opinion, really. But here we go. Who is your favourite ever Palace player? So who? What? What are people going to have voted for here? And we, you know, the standard answers we all kind of think about: Are they included, or for people a bit more out out there? You know, a bit more. Unexpected with their answers. It's just the people we surveyed. Who knows what they think? So, favourite ever Palace player. Let's go. Top three. Uh, all right, top three. I want to start with a risky one. Don't That's know why. Idea. It's a good idea when you're really far behind in the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> could, could Zaha be up there? You've got a point. Wilfred yep. Zaha, second place. In fact, joint... Second place with another player on twenty percent of the vote. Well done, All right. All right. Um, out of the bag. Here we go. Come on. Uh, Julian. Spironi. Julian Spironi. That is a second point for the. <laughs> he was. He was there on uh, on twenty percent of the vote alongside Wilfred Zaha, sharing second and third place with Wilf. Just uh, one more to find the top answer. Dougie Friedman. Unlucky, uh-huh. mate. Well, there you go. Good couple of points there, mate. You've tripled your score. <laughs> now, you just won behind the next person who gets to answer, which is Nicholas Gillard. Favourite ever Palace player, Nick? Um, I'd imagine Ian Wright. That was the final answer to find. No chance for you to uh, get involved, Mr. Philpot, in this question, which was the final question of Family mm. Tunes. That draws you. The two Knicks level on five points, and DR bringing up the rear three points. That was the end of that round. That went slightly better than I'd anticipated. Okay, it's time for part three, Premier League trivia, and we are joined by Patrick O'Connor. Now, Patrick has decided that he didn't need to do the first two rounds of the quiz. He's so good at quizzes that he can, <laughs> that he can win by playing only one round. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, hello. Yeah, hello. Great to have you on board. We're going to pick you a quiz name. They've been quite offensive so far. DR is known as Shekhtar Senseless. Um. Nick Gillard is, is known as... I'm just going to abbreviate it to Ginger Cock Splash. And uh, Nick Philpot is known as Emergency Brexit. So there you go. Uh, you're going to be picking your quiz name and let us know what it is. In dog beers, we've only had one. That's... Yeah, I, I get that. That's like... Like dog years is like <laughs> seven dog years to one year. Okay. Uh, so it's good for a pub quiz team name, not so much <laughs> yeah, for an individual person. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, so I'm just going to call you Dog Beers. Um, nope, no problem. Which is, which is fine. It's just normal. So what we'll be doing in this, you'll have 30 seconds to send an answer directly to Mikey um, after I've asked a question. The timer will start immediately as I've finished giving you the options of the answer. Okay. okay. One point per correct answer. Are we ready, gentlemen? Just say yes collectively. It'd be good. Yes. yes, collectively, if you could. It's always one, isn't there? Oh, it's always Nick. I've watched airplane too yeah. many times, mate. Sorry. 
Okay, question number one of part three, Premier League trivia. Bournemouth are one of three clubs to be promoted to the Premier League, but never relegated from it. Can you name the other two? One point for that title. Just to run through that question again, sending these answers to Michael directly. Bournemouth are one of three clubs to be promoted to the Premier League, but never relegated from it. Can you name the other two? And that's one point per correct answer. Uh, you've got about six seconds left. There it is. Done. So, hopefully you've got some uh, some answers over to Mikey. We'll be reviewing those later on. See how you did. Question number two. How many different nationalities have scored Premier League goals? And the answer is insane, I'll be honest with you. So, 30 seconds to answer this. And that's uh, directly too much. So how many different nationalities have scored Premier League goals? I didn't even think there were this many countries, I'll be completely honest with you. It's a big number. Um, yeah, so there's a little bit, of a, a bit of guidance in there for you. There's a, a question like this on Pointless the other day. Is there? Name, name a country uh, that somebody from the Premier League has scored. There we go. 96 of them. Um, I'll give you a little clue. The Oh, Jesus Christ. Christ, what did I just say? Right, it's all right. We stopped anyway. Thirty seconds. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> I actually said the answer, which hopefully Mikey can edit out. <laughs> um, after uh, after the thirty seconds have passed, though, edit it out, Mikey. Otherwise, I look really stupid. has written it, but I think he might have said that after the thirty seconds has passed. That's all I'm going to no, say. What? No, no, no. I got it in the 30 seconds. Well, I'll let Mikey judge that. Please. I'm lost. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging you. So anyway, <laughs> question number three. I wonder what the answer to the last question was. Question number three. 30 seconds to answer it, and this time I'm not going to tell you what the answer is. Uh, Leicester City won the league title for the first time in their history last season. Who were the last first-time winners of the top flight? So that's last first time in this at the top flight. Now bearing in mind this is um, it's someone other than Leicester City. There you go. Best, best clue I can give you. Bromley. Well, your, 30, your 30 seconds are up. Uh, I hope you got your answers over to Mikey. Be reviewing that in just Dear, a moment. Bromley haven't won the league. Barrow have. Question, we're on question four. Question five will be the last question in the quiz. So, Premier League trivia. Are we ready? Question number four. 30 seconds will start as soon as I finished answering it. Which of these managers hasn't played for and managed the same club? Roberto Di Matteo, Gareth Southgate, Gustavo Poirier, Tim Sherwood. So you're looking for which of those four named managers has not played for and managed the same club. So Roberto Di Matteo, Gareth Southgate, Gustavo Poirier, and Tim Sherwood. Run those through in your mind. Uh, say it again, please. Just two seconds. Di Matteo, Gareth Southgate, 
Gasp Poyet, Tim Sherwood. Three, two, one. Time's up. Hope you got your answers in there. It's getting very exciting. Well, maybe not for you at home, but it's getting very exciting for me. I have a complaint now. Yeah? As I wasn't at the beginning, I didn't know where to put my answers in, so I went in like three different places. Am I getting penalised for that? Uh, I believe Mikey has coped with that. He's good. Right, cheer. All right, thank so you. Favoritism. <laughs> <laughs> not having it. Yellow card. <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. So, final question of the quiz. Um, that's an interesting one. Now, bear in mind we're talking Premier League trivia here. So, who was the first keeper to save a penalty in the Premier League? Which obviously began in the 90s. Uh, was it 92? Premier League? I think it's something like that anyway. 94, maybe. Anyway, the first goalkeeper to save a penalty in the Premier League. Good question. I reckon Terence wrote that one because he's a goalkeeper and he loves goalkeepers. He's a huge fan of our current goalkeeper, just like Harry. And he's. What was, what was the question again? Sorry. Don't worry about listening to it. Who was the first keeper to save a penalty in the Premier League? I'm um, gone, yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> so, there we go. That's the end of a very, very tense quiz. Um, you know, I I may have given the answer to one of those questions away. I may not have done <laughs> just, just by sort of saying words that, that I was supposed to be thinking. Can I but, ask um, a question? Yeah, of course you can, mate. As we can't see it to sack our manager, is there any chance we could sack the uh, quiz master? Hey, <laughs> it's a difficult job. You know, someone's got to do it and... Well, the manager up. bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's go through those. Uh, your, let's go through your answers to Premier League trivia. And uh, okay, let me have a quick look here. Um, so the question here was, Bournemouth are one of three clubs that were promoted to the Premier League. So they were promoted into the Premier League, but never relegated from it. So can you name oh. the other two? So... Um, <laughs> DR, can you remember the time that Arsenal or Man United were promoted to the Premier League? No, I didn't hear that. I thought you said famous if that was relegated. Oh. Oh, really, you Should have been listening. Oh. Stuff, so, Mr. Philpot, as well, you've uh, can you remember the time that Everton or Arsenal were promoted to the Premier League? Yeah, I, I think like they are. We might have got the uh, the gist of the question slightly wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think the trick to this is listen to the bloody question, you pillow. Yeah, exactly. I worked really hard <laughs> to keep repeating that it was Premier League trivia and, <laughs> and emphasising certain words to help you out there. But there we go. You did, uh, you did your best shot. Patrick, you've come uh, come into the quiz at a late date. Um, and I'm pleased to tell you that although Southampton is an incorrect answer, they have been relegated from the Premier League as well as promoted from the Premier League. Swansea is indeed correct. Yeah. Thank ah. you. Congratulations, Patrick. A point for you there. And Nicholas Gillard. Would you like to tell us the other answer? You got Swansea? Uh, Stoke. It was indeed Stoke oh, City. That's... Three clubs promoted to the Premier League and never relegated from it are Bournemouth, Stoke City, and Swansea. What about Man City? When did they get relegated? No, they've been relegated. I'm sure of that. Well, because they, they rose up from Division 3 ish, didn't yeah. they? From... Well, when they got yeah, relegated, not, it was the Premier not, League. But not the Premier League, right? Really? Oh. Yeah. It was a longer time frame than that. Uh-huh. Good answer, boys. Well done. Yeah, well done. Good stuff. That's um, so. The points after question one are uh, Dr's got three. Um, you've got five, Mister Philpot. Patrick, you're there on a point. 
with uh, that's what we with Swansea was in your answer there. Um, Mikey hasn't updated it to say a point, but you have got a point, I promise you. Um, and Nicholas Gillard, seven points in the lead, two points ahead of your nearest challenger. How will it end? <laughs> I got so excited, I dropped my microphone there. Uh, question number two. <laughs> How many different nationalities have scored the league goals? Uh, let's go through. So, uh, Nick Gillard. 377. <laughs> now, I'm sure they're... 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 I'm sure they Fair enough. Uh, unfortunately, you are incorrect with both 377 and 177. Um, if they, I think some of the countries that had to have had scorers in the Premier League if it was that <laughs> Oh, dear. Um, no, incorrect, unfortunately. Patrick, what you go um, for? 19. Way too low, mate. Way too low. It's unfortunate there. But um, it, you'd be very surprised at the answer that I gave you. <laughs> is, it, is it between 177 and 19? It is, yeah. It is. It is. It is. All right. All right, good. Uh, Nick Philpot, you've gone for how many? 96. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went for 43. Uh, it's unlucky. It's incorrect. DR, you've managed to uh, pull, out, pull out of the bag here. You've got 96. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is correct. It was. And as you well know, Armenia well became the 96th nationality to score in the Premier League following Henrik Victorian's goal last weekend. Exactly. It was, it was actually a closest answer wins, but you got it exact. <laughs> I wonder how we managed that. No point there for you, mate. Stunning knowledge. Oh, so after, so after that, a wonderful round, thing. After that, we've got Patrick uh, on a point. Um, although you know, to be fair to him, he's only played this round. Uh, Dr's That's on right. four. Uh, Mr. Philpot on five. Mr. Gusset or Mr. Gillard or whatever you want to call him are on. He's on seven still. We could we could really sort of um, have the mysteriousness of Patrick not being there for most of the quiz by saying this is the first round and Patrick's been eliminated and then play the rest of the quiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Nick. <laughs> you just edit that out. It was just. <laughs> 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 so, question three: uh, Leicester City. Uh, we apparently we did this question in our last quiz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So who's been listening? Who's been listening? Yeah, well, that's, this is the test of who's been listening. Leicester City won the league title for the first time in their history last season. Now, who were the first time winner, last first time winner of the top flight? So let's go through the answers, please. So last first time winners of the top flight. So you, Patrick, have gone for Blackburn Rovers. Uh, correct. He's incorrect. Well, I wasn't listening to the part of the show then, so. That's right. You were also <laughs> incorrect. Uh, yeah. yeah. Blackburn Rovers Nick Gillard incorrect with Nottingham Forest but correct and probably because he heard it the first time it's Nick Philpott of Man City I, well I never heard it I never heard it the first time alright then well you're just correct congratulations oh damn right, it's a surprising answer isn't it I found it very surprising so getting tense at the top of the table with Mr Gillard just a point ahead of Nick Philpott seven points to six uh, Patrick's just biding his time back there on one point. DR's got four. <laughs> Question four. Which of these managers hasn't played for and managed the same club? Uh, you all except DR got it right. It was it was Gus Poyet. And I'm fairly certain you changed it, DR, did you? Or not? 
Wait, what was the question? I think I got it wrong. <laughs> what was the question? You did get it wrong. I'm telling you, which Wait. of these managers <laughs> hasn't played for or managed the same wow. club? So bearing in mind that Di Matteo played for or managed Chelsea as his first job. Oh, correct. Ah, uh, see, oh, oh well. What? Right. <coughs> question five's up next. Who was the first keeper to save a legal penalty? You're all wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> if you want to have a second guess, that, that might be right, because it wasn't Brad Fiedel, Mr. Gillard. It wasn't David Seaman, Mr. Philpop. It wasn't the non-answer that you gave Patrick Adair. Uh, yeah, I thought you said FA Cup. I was going to say Dave Besson, but I, you know, mm. I, di- I didn't mishear you like Dio. I just didn't know who it was. All right, fair play. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of say it's a keeper we all, we, we all should know well. Nigel Martin. It was indeed. It was nice. Yeah! Wait, does it get a point? No, no, no. no doesn't, get point. Point. Yeah. doesn't get the point, no. Why oh, yeah. oh, yeah. did you get the point for not saying it during, during the 30s? Exactly. <laughs> you say it now. That yeah. Believe me. That believe me, Nick. Level with, the, with the gusset. Yeah, Nick, I would love nothing more than to take the victory away from Nick Gillard, but I can't. I can't do it. It's <laughs> a bloody fix. Let's do double or nothing. I tell you, you you are the Klattenberg of Quizmasters. Do you know that? Fine, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go go to an Ed Sheeran concert after this or something. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so uh, dog beers. What do I win? uh, Wait, nothing if you're that eager. So, uh, Patrick, you, you you were last in two with two points, but you did only play one round. So, if you average it out, you'd have got about six and been in third. Oh, right. I, I do reckon you'd have won this if you'd been playing from the start. Nah, so. I would have finished second behind Gillard. I'd give Gillard credit. He deserves it. Thank nah, come on. What? He doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> come on, he doesn't. DR, you, you were sec- <laughs> second last. You were second last due to Patrick's late intervention. Um, and one of your points, I just told you the answer. How do you feel after that quiz? Um, shot. <laughs> shot. Practice. <laughs> I need to practice more. Yeah, I told you I'm bad at quizzes. There you go. So four points there. Uh, Mr. Philbot, so close. Bitter, angry. No, I'll tell you what it does prove. It just shows you there's no, there's, you can't beat a bit of experience and class, and that's both Nicks. Well done, Nick. What? <laughs> Hold up, that's wrong. <laughs> wait. Wait, wait, what? That's wrong. Wait, experience? Yeah, I mean, it's another way of saying age, but class? <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. Congratulations, Mr. Gillard. All it means is I've got more shite, useless information in my head than everybody else. Absolutely. You must be happy, though, mate. Did you ever see a victory coming? Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, I thought when the uh, unbelievable Jeff incident came in, I thought it was being engineered somewhat. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just and I, I really did think that Patrick would win. I thought that was going to be engineered as well. But he didn't have much chance, really, to only have the amount of points as questions he need, uh, questions as points he needed to just even catch up. So... Well, you know, I think you've you've displayed your uh, your wonderful all-round football knowledge there, and you've won the chance to be on the show in the future. Isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. Well, prize. <laughs> yeah, does that mean the others have lost their chance to be on the show in the future? <laughs> See how I feel later. I don't know. I've decided yet. If only. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> as, as I tell everyone we're stuck doing this now we can never stop we can never stop ever uh, let's do another round <laughs> <laughs> we're not in the pub dear well, I can't go in the pub yet right that's, that's your lot quiz time has ended
Okay, thanks for listening. Much appreciated. Uh, obviously, thank you for, for being involved and in listening to the show for the entire of 2016. Um, on behalf of myself and, uh, and everyone at Whole Radio, I'd like to say have a very, very happy Christmas and, uh, and a delightful new year. We won't be back with a live show until the 4th, I believe. Uh, there'll be a preview show ahead of the next game. Um, but uh, but not just that. They're, they're more than likely, we'll be dropping a, a podcast sort of about halfway through the period we're off uh, to review a couple of the games as well. Uh, I've still got uh, I've got uh, Dr. and I've got Patrick and I've got Nick with me. Uh, gents, any uh, Christmas messages for the listeners? Start with you, Mister Philbot. Yeah, listen, have a peaceful, happy, and let's hope for a few points. Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas from me, Patrick. Yeah, I want to show everybody a merry, very uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, it's been a tough 2016. Let's hope for a better 2017 for everyone, including Palace. Yeah, and DR, how about this last word for you? I'm just, just I'm in such a spirit of the season. I'm, I'm being very giving. Here you go. Merry Christmas, everyone, and hope you have a wonderful new year. And let's all stick by each other and let's not do ridiculous stuff. And see you all soon next year up the Palace. I do want to leave it there, but stick by each other. Does that include Alan Pardew? Oh, <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Cheers, all. See you. Bye. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel and just for Homesdale radio listeners we've got an extra special offer right now when you sign up use the promo code palace that means if you don't it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app you in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Don't make money in your first contest. FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10. So go to fanduel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now. What are you waiting for? Terms apply. Over 18s only. Please play responsibly. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.